It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get it around. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is a new show of the Sports Loud You can call us at 631-672-3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN or Android, Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I said Android. By, by the way, <laughs> I had uh, uh, somebody made a dare with me before the show, and uh, I lost the dare. I lost the bet. So I am now doing a show in just my boxer shorts and a T-shirt. Oh, God. So. So just for everybody to know, I am sitting right now in the studio with just my boxer shorts on and my T-shirt. Just so speedy. Speedy, you know. Uh, yeah. But you can't see me because I'm on the other side. Thank so. God. But uh, if you want to see a show, I I could give you a show. I am not wanting to see all that. Why not? You it can keep be, that area of your body. It'd be something you've never no, seen before. I know. You can keep that area of your body to yourself. Well, I did. I'm wearing boxers. I'm not naked. That's fair. But still, and it's a little too close. Well, we have a great show lined up for you guys. At 9.30, we'll be talking to 444 football sports betting manager Connor Allen. He'll be joining us. We'll get into a, a little bit of football with him and sports betting, how it's changed the market and changed New York uh, as we see it today and, it's, and what we're going to be seeing it in the future. Uh, at 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to Pro Football Focus and Sirius XM Fantasy Football Radio Show host Brian Drake. He'll be joining us again. He was great the last time we had him on the show. Couple, I would say, right at the start of NFL free agency. It was a while ago. Yeah. I put my, put my earphones up a little bit, a little bit better, Speedy. There you go. Um, topics we're going to get into today: James Harden takes fifteen million dollars less to re-sign with the Sixers on a two-year, sixty-eight million dollar deal. Not surprised about that. Uh, Jazz now shopping Donovan Mitchell. Where is Jeff when you need him? Because I remember last week somebody was attacking me all show that oh, we, I thought Donovan Mitchell wasn't going to get traded. I, I, I thought he was going to get traded to this. And then, and then, and then, and now you're going back on it. <laughs> well, Donovan Mitchell is now possibly a trade target for quite a few teams in the NBA. Uh, the Nets reach out to teams, including the Celtics and the Pelicans, for the KD. Trade, so uh, we'll get into that. Insiders believe there is zero chance Patrick Kane will return with the Blackhawks. Where will he be traded to? So uh, the Rangers have been a hot topic and a hot team uh, for Patrick Kane. Very interesting. Um, um, Malkin hits free agency, ends his career with the Pens. So an end of a dynasty, a two-time champion with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So uh, uh, may he rest in peace. I'm just kidding. Um, Zach Wilson, we will get into that, the Zach Wilson saga, which I don't believe, but uh, we'll get into the whole 
Zach Wilson thing, which is very, very interesting. It's an interesting story right now here in New York. Uh, Seahawks now the lead to get Jimmy G. So uh, Jimmy G is going to be free, possibly to go where he wants. Uh, they could release him uh, before OTAs start, full, full, uh, full padded OTAs. I don't know. But uh, we will get into that a little bit later in the show as, as well. And could Deshaun Watson only be suspended for six games? So the only clowns around here is Snug and, and Jeff. Because uh, I seem to remember when I said Donovan Mitchell was uh, hanging out with Knicks, hanging out with some of the Knicks players, and then Danny Ainge comes out. You know what? Why don't we get into that? Okay? Because it, 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 this is so filling and freshing. Uh, refreshing for me, okay, about this whole Donovan Mitchell thing. And the only clown around here is Jeff, okay? That's the clown. And I, Speedy, do not answer the phone. I want to get through my monologue. I do not want to hear this clown <laughs> open up and say the stupid things that come out of his mouth because he's an idiot, okay? All right. Donovan Mitchell, all right, it was the hottest player uh, up for grabs going into the offseason. Nobody knew KD was going to be available. Nobody knew. Well, a lot of people thought Kyrie might be available, but not where he is today. And Donovan Mitchell and obviously Rudy Gobert were the hot, you know, hot players that weren't free agents that could be traded in the offseason. Being that the Utah Jazz were looking to rebuild and change the faces of the organization. Danny Ainge became the president last year, and he wants to move you know, pieces to rebuild the team where he feels fitting where the team could go in the future. So Donovan Mitchell, it was either Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert gets traded when free agency opens up for a massive load of draft picks and players. So I, I, you can't not give up Rudy Gobert for the amount they got back for him. And then Danny Ainge came back. And said what he said, that they're building the team around Donovan Mitchell. There's no plans of moving him at all. And now, today, within, I guess, the last 24 hours, Danny Ainge changed his mind. Now, where do I see Donovan Mitchell going? Do I think he's going to the Knicks? Honestly, no. What are the Knicks going to trade? What kind of package are the Knicks going to trade to get Donovan Mitchell? And they're going to have to possibly put R.J. Barrett in that trade. So I don't know if uh, the Knicks are the team that's going to make the move for Donovan Mitchell. So let's say no to the Knicks. Even though he wants to go there. So we look at Miami. Miami has some pieces. And one of their pieces might be going to free agency in Tyler Hero. So Tyler Hero is a good young player. A guy that I think the Utah Jazz would be very interested in. But they don't have control of him because he could be going elsewhere. So where would uh, what would Miami trade for Donovan Mitchell? Are they going to trade Jimmy Butler? No. They want to put him and play him with Jimmy Butler on the court. So it wouldn't be Jimmy. So where are they going to go? Are they going to trade uh, Adebayo? I, I can't see them doing that. They need size. So I, I don't know where they're going to go with this. To land Donovan Mitchell. They could give up draft stock. But guess what? Miami's a top team. That's not, that's not going to be any lottery picks. That's not going to be top 15 picks. Where are you going to go? 26, 27? They're not going to want four or five mid-20 picks. 
So I, I can't see Miami. There is a team that really stands out to me. Now, we, we were talking about Kyrie going to them because it makes a lot of sense because Jason Kidd yeah. uh, is uh, the head coach over there. He's a big fan of Jason Kidd. And there is some talks that Kyrie could be heading over there to Dallas. There's a possibility. Uh, over the weekend, there were stories coming out. But why not Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic on one team. The dominance over there on the Western Co- West Coast with all the dominant teams from the Golden State Warriors, from the Phoenix Suns, to the Lakers, to all those teams that we're talking even the young ones like Memphis. You put Donovan Mitchell with Luka Doncic, you're talking about the best one-two tandem in the NBA. Now, if you look at their salary cap, I don't, I don't know where the cap is over there with Dallas, but they got some young pieces, and they've got a lot of draft stock. They only have one more pick they're giving to the Knicks, which is not going to be a lottery pick next year. So they're going to get their picks back. They, have, they could give up four or five picks for Donovan Mitchell and maybe a couple of players that they have, some of the players that they drafted over the last few years. I look at so many different teams that have so much salary room to get Donovan Mitchell. And there are other teams that have better pieces than the Knicks do, than Miami does. Maybe Phoenix. $8.4 million they have in cap right Yeah, now. so that's not enough. They're going to have to move pieces to get Donovan Mitchell. Maybe Phoenix. Maybe a sign and trade with DeAndre Ayton. That would be a good move for them. They need a big man. They lost a big man. So maybe maybe Phoenix would be a good team. They trade away Bridges and whatever they were offering the Nets. I I would think that the Utah Jazz would take that pick, that take that trade. Could you imagine Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, and Paul uh, and Chris Paul on one team in the Western Conference? Now I don't know where Donovan Mitchell is going to go. There were three teams that were on his wish list. The the Knicks were one of them. How about Donovan Mitchell getting traded for KD? That would make a lot of sense. Now, I don't know if Utah wants an old KD. They're not really ready to win. now. But Danny Ainge loves KD. Absolutely loves him. He loved him when he was running the Celtics as the GM over there. Now that Donovan Mitchell is available, maybe Danny Ainge pulls the trigger and gets KD finally. What are they going to have to give up? They're going to have to give up a hell of a lot more than Donovan Mitchell for KD because even though Donovan Mitchell is still a younger player, KD is a better player. And Donovan Mitchell wants to go to a team that he wants to go to. And if he doesn't go to the team that he wants to go to, he's not going to play. Another team that really stands out, maybe if they trade DeRozan and and maybe uh, – you know, Kobe Ball. White or Lonzo Ball. Yeah, yeah, one of those guys. Chicago. A team that he obviously grew up a Michael Jordan fan. Who hasn't? Why not go to Chicago and be the savior of the Chicago Bulls? That haven't won a championship since Michael Jordan and that era. I don't know where Donovan Mitchell is going, but I told you guys, and I listen, I took back what I said about a week ago, and then, and obviously Jeff calling me clown and saying, oh, I thought you said he was going to go to the Knicks. I thought you said he was going to be traded. Now all of a sudden, and now what, what happens? A week later, 
the story comes out that they're taking offers. Which means Donovan Mitchell could be on his way out from Utah. So who's the clown now? Okay, so I don't care what rumors are said and what uh, you know Danny Ainge has said over the last couple of weeks, a couple of days, a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes. Who cares what Danny Ainge has said? Danny Ainge is trying to rebuild the Utah Jazz, stamp his name to that organization. Just like he did with the Celtics and just like he did when he was a basketball player in the NBA. How many times did he say all those things with the Celtics too? So, Jeff, you should be used to the stinginess of Danny Ainge and have it take over, have it take over with the way he operates trades. They, Danny Ainge tries to fleece teams and he did that already so far with Minnesota that we know of, assuming those guys develop and stay healthy and stuff like that. That's why I didn't think he was going to get traded after that either. I was wrong on that and I was wrong initially. I thought he was going to be traded to the Hawks. They traded for DeJounte Murray instead, so they're now out of the sweepstakes as well. So I, They hurt themselves. Yeah. Utah hurt themselves when Danny Ainge came out and said that he's not available. Now, all of a sudden, he makes them available. So there's only really three or four teams that he probably wants to go to, and there might only be two or three teams that he hasn't mentioned that would probably trade for him because they have a chance of winning a championship. Yeah, that'll be the tough thing to know is the teams that maybe weren't expected to initially because, one, they weren't big spenders in free agency, or they were thought of as younger teams, like you were saying, with a team like the Grizzlies or a team like the Mavericks, that... I, the Mavericks don't have the salary cap the Grizzlies do right now. They have a lot, they only have one max contract on their roster right now. They will have to play, pay John Morant still, but still. Dallas, we'll see what they do there. I think the Grizzlies room. also a great team to yeah. go to. Oh, Could yeah. you imagine Plenty. him and John Morant mm-hmm. on one team? Oh, right. my God. That would, they would be fun to watch. And you remember when Eric Hasseltine was on the show last week, too, he was mentioning that John Morant had that big injury bug right in the middle of season two that it looked like was going to hinder them and they end up playing well without him. So why not have a guy like Donovan Mitchell even help the, out even further too? And also we'll take off the load off John Morant too. Same kind of thing with Luka Doncic and the Mavericks too. Both Seth Partnow and Bo Estes mentioned how Luka Doncic was the highest guy, they had the highest percentage of the time with the ball highest in Highest touches, yes. Yeah, with the ball in his in hands. In the playoffs. So it, and you don't want that for a young player to wear them out that quickly and have him to do everything, which... Honestly, Luka Doncic has to do at this point in his career. So I think Dallas would be a great, great fit for that kind of thing to work. An attacking point guard to go along with Luka Doncic, who could shoot very well, great range, and huge height. And counters with Mitchell Wells, a quicker... Again, he's physical for his size, but still on the smaller side, six foot two, And Luka Doncic can expand his shooting range a lot more, too, where they could have him score. And listen, we're not spreading rumors. We don't know where he's going. We don't know what team is going to offer him the most for for the the heir of Donovan Mitchell, and I mean heir, okay? But I, I, I look at the big picture right now and where all these teams that are going to probably be gunning for Donovan Mitchell, who is going to give the, uh, Danny Ainge a slew of draft picks? Because that's what Danny Ainge is going to want. Danny Ainge is going to want five, maybe even six first-round draft picks. They got four and a fifth-round swap for Rudy Gobert. Okay, Rudy Gobert, who's one of the best defensive players in the league. He's a decent offensive player, averages about 14, 13 points. Not the best. He's he's plainly a a perimeter shooter and a paint player. And he's an okay free throw shooter. He's he's nothing. He's more of a defensive player. He goes to the Timberwolves, and you got a slew of players and a slew of draft stock. 
Donovan Mitchell's a better player than Rudy Gobert. Absolutely. So just think if you got four with a fifth for and, and five draft picks where you could swap one of them, that's five first round draft picks you gave up for him. So if you look at this, Donovan Mitchell, you're going to probably have to give up five straight up first round draft picks or possibly six to get Donovan Mitchell and players mm-hmm. because you've got to match those contracts because Donovan Mitchell's under contract. Right. And also the value is going to be higher just because of the. One position that he is, and two, and the, ver- the versatility is. Rudy Gobert, as great of a defensive player as he is, is more of a traditional center, which is not valued in today's game as much. They're looking for bigger wingers that have a little more well-rounded abilities and power forward types that could be more stretch fours, where Rudy Gobert doesn't give you much besides the paint inside offensively. Offensive rebounding, yes. Defense, fantastic, but not much else. Donovan Mitchell, there's really no significant flaw in his game. Yes, he has had some bad shooting in the playoffs, sure, but he's also had some great stretches where they've beaten good teams as underdogs in the beginning of his career when Utah was not supposed to go anywhere and they hung tough with the Warriors, they beat the Clippers a couple times when they were loaded so they've had, he's had his stretches with that too, so Donovan Mitchell, based on that, with Danny Ainge running the show good luck and then there's KD, which the story just gets bigger and bigger, and over the weekend uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets reach out to the Celtics and are talking to the Celtics for possibly making a trade. And I knew as soon as I heard the Celtics getting involved with this, there was no way the Celtics were going to trade Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, uh, White, and I think three or four first-round draft picks for KD. I I couldn't – Jason Tatum and maybe two or three first-round draft picks would be worth KD. Right. I think that would be fair. But Marcus Smart, who is Defensive Player of the Year – White, who was a big add-on at the trade deadline, a pretty good point guard, and three to four first-round draft picks, that was not going to happen. The Celtics were not going to do that. But guess what? Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens are good friends. They really are. Now, would you, if you were a Boston Celtics fan right now, would you trade Jalen Brown for Donovan Mitchell? Would that be the missing piece that could take you over the top next year in the playoffs? Now, if you would ask me who's a better player, Donovan Mitchell or Jalen Brown, I'm taking, I'm taking Donovan Mitchell. Not by much. I, I think right. Jalen Brown's a better defensive player, but Donovan Mitchell is a better all-around player. Offensively, Jalen Brown's not better offensively than Donovan Mitchell. And by the way, the problem with the Celtics in the, in the finals last year was their offense, not their defense. They couldn't score. Okay, Donovan Mitchell can. We've seen him take games over for the Utah Jazz in the playoffs. And Jason Tatum, let's be honest, if you have a shutdown closing defender on him, he doesn't play well. Donovan Mitchell, you can't defend him. He's undefendable. Is that a word? Undefendable? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but he's very hard to defend. So to me, you look at where. The Celtics are, and as a team, Danny Ainge knows the Celtics. Danny Ainge knows the players. Half of those players he probably traded for are some of his players. Uh, Jalen Brown was a guy that he he drafted. Why not reach out to the Celtics and see if Donovan Mitchell, uh, and, and they, they could figure out a, a trade for Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brown. Listen, I'm not a Celtic fan. And look, I'm even complimenting the Celtics where they can get a very fantastic player and Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell would be the missing piece to that team. Okay? 
Because I don't care what you say, Jeff. You, you'll say, uh, Donovan Mitchell's not Jalen Brown. He's not a be- great defender like Jalen Brown. He's a better overall player. If you ask anybody right now, you ask any NBA expert. As a matter of fact, um, I will ask one of our guests. Uh, they're football guys, but I'm sure they follow NBA. I would love to ask both of them and see what they would say. Would you trade Donovan Mitchell for Jalen Brown and maybe a couple of picks? I would do it. Uh, but he also says they need to stop with the point guard nonsense. I, I guess that means maybe the experiments of trying to bring in free agent point guards, which they tried doing now with Malcolm Brogdon. Um, he's calling. Do you want to put him through over for the last three minutes? or Go ahead. Put him through. What's up, Jeff? That Donovan Mitchell is the last thing they need. It's the last thing they need. They don't need it anymore. You, they Right now they have uh, rotations of three guys at each position – the only thing they're missing is a backup wing, right? Because you, you just said you like Derek White. I appreciate that you like Derek White. I mm-hmm. do too. Marcus Smart's a pretty good defender. And they just went and got Malcolm Brogdon, right? Mm-hmm. So they have rotating guys at, at, at that position. They just went and got another big in Gallinari. So they'll have a rotating cast of guys there between Horford, So you're Robert, telling, Williams, honestly, honestly, I want to ask you, uh, this, this is an honest question. If you were to sit here today and you can get Donovan Mitchell for Jalen Brown and a couple of picks, you wouldn't do it? No, I clearly wouldn't do it. And I'll give you the reason why, and I think it makes sense, and maybe you will agree, maybe you won't, that's fine. Donovan Mitchell would be a disaster in the Celtics offense. Kyrie Irving was. It didn't work with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie's a different player. They're the same. They're ball dominant guards who like to shoot and score 30 points. That's what they like to do. And that's not the Celtics offense. That's not how they play basketball. The the only position that they kind of need is a backup wing. So their starting five is is some combination of Horford, Robert Williams, Brown Tatum, Smart. Well what happens is what what happens is is when 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 one of Brown or Tatum comes off the court. They lack some scoring in there, and that's what they need as a backup wing because with the, with the ro- rotating guards, Brogdon will be coming in or White will be coming in, and they can get to the basket. They can score a little bit and whatever, but they need that backup wing. They have the, the rotating cast of big guys where Gallinari can now step out or, or Grant Williams or something like that, but they need another wing that can get to the basket. That's what they would need. I think Jalen Brown is the better all-around defender, def- defender player. But uh, I look at Donovan Mitchell. He is a better playoff player. Every time we've seen Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs, he's been a dominant player. Jalen Brown, there are games that show you that he's a superstar, and there are games that he disappears in. And uh, I think Donovan Mitchell is the better player when it comes to the playoffs. Listen, you need guys to show up in the playoffs. That's completely fair, but they play two different positions. Yes, so they really do. Yes, compa- they, yes, really they do. It's a unfair comparison. But you're getting a guy, I think, that could give you that that superstar player. I, I don't know if Jalen Brown is that superstar player. They, and, J- and, and Jason Tatum could be that player. But in the playoffs, especially in the finals, he, he disappeared. He disappeared. He, de- he definitely did, right? But here's the thing to remember. The Celtics were the best defending team in the league. People don't talk about this. The Warriors were the second best defensive team in the league. So, yeah, he struggled because the Warriors also have a good defense. But when when you see Tatum play against other people, he put everyone in a body bag in, in the Eastern Conference. I like it. He, J- he I, shut down Kevin Garnett, did he not? 
Listen, I used Durant. to. I, I, I used to hate. Oh, Kelly, yeah, that's. I'm sorry, Speedy. I said Kevin Garnett, and you're right, Kevin Durant. I'm sorry. Did he shut down Kevin Durant? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Actually, right. Jason Tatum did. Because Jason right. Tatum was defending right. Tatum Kevin. Uh, I thought you said Jalen Brown. No, uh, no, no. Tatum, Tatum. Completely yeah, he did. Down. You're talking about. You're yeah. talking about him disappearing, but Tatum. Basically, when you needed him the most, when you needed him in the big game, he didn't show up. He couldn't score. And that was the problem with him. Why did the Celtics not beat the Golden State Warriors? It wasn't defensively. It, they no, couldn't they score. Had, they couldn't no, score. It, it, was, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that they couldn't score because when they could hold on to the ball, they scored just fine. It was the turnovers. Okay. Jalen Brown, Brown had a ton of turnovers. Tatum had a bunch of and Donovan Mitchell could play and Donovan Mitchell could play point guard and shooting guard. He can he's he's absolutely he could play point guard at any NBA team right now. He's a good passer. He averages about six assists a game. I mean, he's not just ball dominant. He is a good passer. I don't care who you are. If you're on any team that averages 25 turnovers a game, which is what the Celtics did in the finals, you're not winning basketball games. You're not. You can't turn the ball over that many times. Okay. And and, and who brings the ball up? The point guard, right? Now, who is the number one point guard right well, now on the Boston not, Celtics? That's, that's, who's that's the number one point not, guard? You clearly don't watch the Celtics because that's not necessarily true. Brown handles it. Tatum handles it. I know, it, and they need, a, they need a point guard that can bring the ball up, that can ball handle, and move the ball one. around the perimeter. They just got one. Who? Brogdon. Brogdon can't stay healthy. The guy that you you're gonna trust you're gonna trust Brogdon a whole season. When was the last time we've seen Brogdon play a full season? If they go and get Donovan Mitchell, that move makes no sense, does it? Well, here's the thing. Yeah, maybe it does because if you could trade Brogdon and Jalen Brown and not have to trade any picks for him to get Donovan Mitchell in there to play with Jason Tatum, I think that's a good trade. He's never played a full would, season. The most was his rookie year, seventy-five games. He's never played a full I would, season. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up. For me, it's a non-starter giving up either. Brown How many or playoffs Tatum. appearances did Brogdon play in? Uh, the, all three years with Milwaukee, and then I think one with the Pacers. They were a play-in team, so four. Uh, Adam, how many years? Out of six years. Okay. So he's played a couple. Was he a good playoff player? Do you have his numbers in the playoffs? I'm just getting them now. Well, uh, find his numbers. Because I, I look at numbers. Donovan Mitchell, and I know you say numbers don't sell anything, and maybe you're right, but in the playoffs, they do. You want to you see these guys show up in the playoffs, in the big game. The regular season means nothing. In every sport, we could look at it from football, baseball, what, baseball even, <clears throat> hockey. It doesn't matter. It, do I mean, you I, show up in the playoffs? Panarin, how many times did we hear in the offseason after the, after the playoffs were over that Drury was pissed off at him because he couldn't do anything in the playoffs? 12, 12.2 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, 4.2 assists. Now, his last playoffs, How many minutes? In... Uh, in a combined 30.3 minutes per game. That's not good. And That's not good. Yeah, 2019 was the only time he didn't really play a lot, only 16.6. Now, his last run, which was in the bubble, he was great, 21.5, 4.3, and mm-hmm. 10 assists. So that was the most recent one, but that was only one short series against Miami, and mm-hmm. I guess he was the only good player for Indiana at the time. Go ahead, Jeff, before we let you go. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. It's a non-starter for me giving up either one of those guys. You realize Jalen Brown has been to the Eastern Conference Finals four out of his five years. And 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 Jalen uh, Jason Tatum's been there three out of his four years. But did they win, like, Jeff? That's the whole point of it. You could go to the finals. One team that there's only one team that's winning, and the fact that they're competitive and making it as far as they year they are year after year. All you need to do is build around them. A lot of the pieces were there, and they've been trying to and failing because the Celtics have had 
an unhealthy obsession with point guards for forever, and they need to give it up. They mm. they went and got Kyrie Irving, and Didn't Scary work. Terry was better than Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Scary Terry. That's that's his nickname. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's no, no, I know. <laughs> Who's Scary Terry? I hear all you. Terry Rozier. Oh, scary Terry. I thought you. I thought you were talking about the Jet for a second. <laughs> no, but no, but this is this is what it is with the Celtics offense. This is what you're missing about the whole thing. They have had a guy like Donovan Mitchell. It screws up the whole Celtics offense. They were far better and far more efficient when they had a guy like Terry Rozier running their their offense, who wasn't a guy who needed the ball in his hands, who would move the ball. He'd knock down a few few shots when he was open and whatever, but he wasn't ball dominant. Donovan Mitchell needs the ball in his ball in his hand every time, and it doesn't work in the Celtics offense. We've seen it. They've tried to do it. It doesn't work. All right, Jeff, call Talk back a little later. We are Robert pre- Williams. <laughs> Robert Williams. Jeff from Tampa. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to four for four football sports betting manager Connor Allen here. On the Sports Loudmouth. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. 631-672-3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You know, Jeff, I do love Jeff. I, I like his his takes on his Boston Celtics. Anything Boston, you can go to Jeff. He'll give you the information, and he'll go back and forth, especially if he doesn't like any rumors or trades that I bring up that it makes sense. And it would be so funny if Donovan Mitchell gets traded to the Celtics. It'll be so funny because it'll piss him off, and I'm going to tell him I told him so. But nevertheless... Uh, we have our first guest. Looking forward to getting him on. We are now talking to 4 for 4 football sports betting manager, Connor Allen. What's going on, Connor? Not much. How are you guys doing tonight? Appreciate you guys having me on here. Absolutely, man. We really appreciate you joining us. I know you're a very busy man as, uh, you know, the NFL is around the corner. We're talking about OTAs soon. Uh, free agency is over. The draft's over. So before we get into the how were you and your family with this whole COVID situation? You guys good? Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty solid. I mean, so I actually went to the NFL draft uh, myself uh, in Vegas, and had I had dodged COVID up until then, but uh, I went to the Gronk uh, beach party oh, God. Uh, oh. and picked up COVID there. So, I mean, obviously, we, or, I mean, we ended up okay. You know, I came on the other side, but, yeah, like Gronk was there. Kelsey was dancing on stage with him. Debo was there. Russ Westbrook was all there. It was pretty cool to see them all just, like, hanging out, partying. Uh, and, obviously, the draft atmosphere was great as well. But, yeah, that's – I mean, in a nutshell, basically my COVID story. Dodged it until then, you know, let loose a little bit and uh, wound up okay. We all knew that Gronk was a big virus, so there you go. You probably <laughs> got it for him from him. Anyways, uh, why don't we get into it? How was the draft? What, what really stood out to you in the draft, especially in the first round? Yeah, I guess some of the biggest points here were how many wide receivers went early. I think we saw five wide receivers go in the first 15, 16 picks there. Uh, We saw Hollywood Brown get traded to the Cardinals. We saw A.J. Brown get traded to the Eagles. Uh, And beyond that, I think at the top of the board there, we saw uh, Trevon Walker end up going number one, whereas Aiden Mm. Hutchinson was like, you know, the pretty consensus number one up until two weeks before the draft. Uh, thankfully, I was able to get down a good amount of money on Walker. Number one, prior heard some some you know 
rumors about him potentially going number one. Then the media confirmed it, you know, a couple of days later. So he was able to get some some money down on that, as well as a bunch of other stuff there. So it's a profitable draft uh, overall. Not super exciting because the quarterback talent wasn't there. You know, there wasn't that many skill players that went in the first round outside of wide receivers. Uh, obviously, you know, why no is that? Backs. Why is it if if a quarterback, Weird. if there's no big quarterback involved in the first round, it's not a good draft. Everybody says, "Oh, it's not a good draft," and and people are trading away picks and moving players in the first round. It, they always say that, and, and usually when they say that, those drafts are already are you find really really good players, all pros and future Hall of Famers. I remember the last time they said that. I think Speedy, when we. When you started, what was it? Uh, it was 2017. Was 17. First, first year here. So yeah. I think it was 2018 they said the draft was going to be a terrible draft. No, it was 19 the year after the Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, that draft. Right, and that yeah. draft was a pretty good draft. I mean, they found players in the second and fourth and even fifth round. And it, in the first round, there were a couple of pretty good players in the fourth, in the first round as well. So I don't believe every single time, and even before Speedy was here, I think it was 2011 or 2012. 13 was a horrible draft, and then I think 2016 was the other one that people were questioning. Because of the quarterback? And then remember the quarterback class with uh, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Mm -hmm. Jackson. Besides Lamar and, and, and obviously Josh Allen, uh, that draft was uh, not a loaded draft when it came to quarterbacks. When they said that was going to be one of the, the best quarterback classes since 2004 when the Eli Manning draft, with where Eli Manning, Phil Philip Rivers, and then obviously Ben Roethlisberger, and then obviously, uh, what's his name again? Tony Romo. Tony yep. Romo, who wasn't drafted, undrafted player. So that was a pretty good draft with quarterbacks. That was the last great one for Hall of Famers. So uh, I, I don't understand that. I'm sorry I cut you off there. No, no, no. I, I, I totally agree. And I think that the reason people say that it's like, it's kind of like a media spun narrative because, you know, it's a quarterback league, uh, quarterbacks sell tickets, you know, obviously quarterbacks drive wins. So if you don't have a player that is going to, you know, kind of like alter your franchise, uh, like immediately, I think that, you know, everyone says, oh, it's not a good draft where like you're saying, uh, you know, there's a ton of good offensive linemen in this draft. There was a ton of good, uh, defensive players early on. And there was a lot of good, uh, wide receivers taken in the first, like, the first round. So I think that those guys will all make a difference, but you know, to their point, like none of those guys are probably going to like alter a franchise entirely. Um, and that's, I think probably the biggest difference, but I think this next draft where you should see a couple good quarterbacks, you know, mm-hmm. CJ Stroud, um, you know, will, will Le- Levy, I think, uh, from Levis, Kentucky yep. potentially. Yeah. Levis. Yeah. So, uh, I don't get too into the prospects, honestly, this early. Uh, you know, I watch a little bit of college football here and there. But um, from from my understanding, uh, you know, there should be at least three to four quarterbacks who should go in the first round that uh, will be better than, you know, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, uh, this class. Before I get to my question, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned Debo Samuel. You were at a party. Uh, were you at that party where the there was a band that was saying, uh, uh, stay in San Francisco, and Debo was actually there and they didn't know it? I don't, were you at that party? we uh it was one of my one of my friends did hold up a sign that said like pay debo the bag like you know those little phone yes, things yes. and he was like nodding he was like nodding and it's like yeah it wasn't the one you're talking about i okay. know where they were like he was at that party yeah and, like, they, like he got pissed or something like that i yeah. we weren't at that party but it was uh it was something similar where he did have like a pretty clear reaction of of nodding his head being like yeah like they better pay me you know gotcha so, so my question is that you being a betting guy i know that they, they make a lot of season bets with uh, awards rookie of the year mvp stuff like that so so your experience at the draft and also the locations uh, that they ended up being drafted to with those wide receivers in particular, is there any one that you like the landing spot in the most where you would favor them in a potential like a rookie of the year type bet or a pro bowl type bet? 
Yeah, I mean, so the the rookie of the year stuff is pretty pretty tough. So it's it's not like a full quarterback award, if that makes sense. So Kenny Pickett right now is the favorite, uh, obviously the one that's slated to get the most time. But we actually had a Steelers beat writer on, uh, and he said that Mitch Trubisky is like, you know, pretty much guaranteed to start week one, Bye. barring a, a terrible training camp. Uh, so you know, he said that um, Kenny Pickett is actually going to be competing for the number two job with Mason Rudolph. And I, I find that kind of laughable, but, you know, he was very, he had a lot of conviction in it. from what he had seen. That was what is going to happen. So I'm not betting on Kenny Pickett to be a rookie of the year. I think that there's some more value down the board. Uh, you know, guys like uh, a guy like Traylon Burks come and have a big impact. He's having like asthma conditioning issues. I don't know, something weird going on in minicamp. Again, I think that there's, this will be something to watch in training camp. You probably make better bets then uh, because, we there's just so much fluctuation between with these wide receivers about what's going on and what we're hearing. Um, I haven't made anything too big on on that market, but there there are some interesting long shots on the board with like running backs uh, and as well as you know like if you want to take a quarterback like Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter, if you think either of them see time, I mean they're like sixteen twenty to one, you know, in that range. So if you think they somehow went to see time, then that's that's worth a step. We are talking to four for four football sports betting manager Connor Allen. Connor, uh, the New York Jets, a lot of people thought won this year's draft. I mean, they, they made a lot of moves. Uh, you saw what they did. They got, a, they got a second and a four for Sam Darnold. Now Baker Mayfield goes over there to Carolina. He might lose his job. And uh, Sam Darnold could be on a scrap heap before you even know it. So it, it's crazy to say that. So he got a two and a four. And they only got a, a fifth for Baker, which is crazy. So uh, what did you think about the Jets when it, when it came to the – the defensive player in Sauce Gardner, then they brought in Garrett Wilson, and then they moved up to get uh, Jermaine Johnson. What were your thoughts when they made all those moves in the first round? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's no denying that they made an impact on this draft. They had a good draft, but at the same time, a lot, and I think that the entire team pretty much rests on Zach Wilson and him getting better because you can have all the pieces you want. If Zach Wilson doesn't take a step up from last season, I mean, it doesn't matter because he was downright bad in most scenarios. Uh, and obviously, you know, the offensive, they improved the offensive line throughout the offseason. They obviously had brought in Garrett Wilson. They have Elijah Moore. So they have weapons. They have all the pieces in place. And I expect him to be a little bit better. But really, at the end of the day, like, I think that his progression as a passer and kind of being able to play within the system that they have is kind of the biggest difference. We saw Mike White come in last year and play, like, outplay him, uh, you know, just by taking the dump off. Well, he was a rookie, too, right, you know. Right, 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 yeah. of course. I don't want to be too hard, right. but at the same time, like, he, this is a big year, you know. Obviously, like, you're not, we're not going to, like, call him a bust after this year, but right. if he doesn't play well, his leash is very, oh, very short. If, if he doesn't play well this year, the Jets are looking for a new quarterback in next year's draft. Right. I, I absolutely believe that. There's no way that Joe Douglas is going to be sitting as the GM. And, and, and trust me, the Jets are this, they're the Jets are the first team in NFL history to have uh, two top three picks in, in less than three years. Nobody's ever done that before. And the Jets, could you imagine all the teams, Jacksonville, the Browns, all the bad teams, the Jets are the first team in NFL history to draft two top three qu- quarterbacks, t- top three picks, and give up on one of them less than three years. It's crazy. It really is. So, uh, the J- Zach Wilson is, and and yes, he's he's involved with the tabloids right now because he was possibly sleeping with his mom's best <laughs> yeah. friend. Who cares? Whatever. It, it doesn't matter. I I I know everybody in the press want to bring it up, and we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show because I've got a lot to say about that. It's so stupid, and but 
Again, if anything, you would give him props. A young man sleeping with a 40-year-old woman. He, he should be happy. And he's not going to be taking any crap from his ex-girlfriend anymore because she's hanging out and dating his roommates. <laughs> it's uh, the Jets. I thought that was hilarious. I it's mean, the I, Jets. Obviously, you know, it, it kind of sucks that she he was cheating on her, but at the end of the day, like, I don't, it does not impact his on-field performance, like, Zero percent. It's the Jets. It, it, I, I'm a Jet fan, so I know all about the Jets. And if it if there's anything to, to be with the New York Jets, with the Rex Ryan era and the clown eras that we've seen, and I'm a Jet fan, uh, this would be one of those funny you know events that you could just laugh at and just hope that's the only thing that's going to happen this year that's clown-like. As everybody knows, we are talking to 4 for 4 football sports betting manager Connor Allen. So I want to go back to the wide receivers because a lot of them got traded this uh, – uh, some of them got traded this offseason. And Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, and also A.J. Brown, like you were mentioning. And then others are looking for new contracts. So do you see them being like the second priority position now, the way they're getting paid and the way they're getting leverage now in terms of like power to, to force their way out in getting traded? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I also think that the, the trade, you know, with Tyree Kill is probably going to have a huge impact on the NFL and like kind of his impact on the Dolphins. So if we see him go to Miami, and end up crushing, like just truly changing the game for Tua, opening the field up. Obviously, there's a lot of a lot of other factors there as well with the offensive line and new coaching staff. But, you know, if he really goes there and makes a big difference, like, you know, I think that that's going to have like an extra impact beyond what we were already seeing with big wide receiver trades, big wide receiver contracts. So, yeah, to some extent, like this is becoming a passing league for most teams uh, who are not who are not like focused on being a hyper efficient rushing attack. You know, it's becoming a passing league, and that's a, just a natural extension of that, having wideouts who can literally get open whenever, who are faster than everyone else, who are able to change the game. So, Connor, we, we look at the NFL going into the season. Everybody over the last couple of years thought the NFC was the more dominant uh, conferences in, in all of football. Now the transition this year with uh, the quarterbacks getting traded, Russell Wilson's there, uh, you know, obviously Justin Herbert. Uh, you have Be- Be- Burroughs, who has an offensive line now. Lamar Jackson's looking for a new contract. I mean, the better quarterbacks are in the AFC. There's no question. Josh Allen. What, were, what are your thoughts the transition this year from the dominant NFC to now the dominant AFC? Yeah, I think from multiple perspectives here, being in the AFC is just like a massive, uh, massive disadvantage for any team. Uh, I mean, you have a team like the Colts who, I mean, from all accounts, is, has a good roster. You know, they added Yannick Ngakwe, they added Stephon Gilmore, they traded for Matt Ryan. And right now they are, you know, like seventh or eighth highest odds and they, just to win the AFC. So like, and, and I think that's pretty accordingly. You have the Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Ravens, Bengals all ahead of them. Uh, and that's... I think that's about right. You know, like I, I like the Colts to uh, potentially win their division, but at the same time, coming out of this like gauntlet AFC is just so, so much harder. And especially uh, the AFC West, obviously three of those teams, three of the top four are all in the AFC West. That alone is going to be, uh, should be a two playoff team division. Um, but outside of that, I, I mean, I would not want to be in the AFC, like even middling teams here, Titans should, and like Dolphins, if they want to take a step forward, I don't even think they have a chance to win the AFC because like them taking a step forward vaults them into you know, probably towards the middle of that range even. And even then, they're probably not good enough to win multiple games to even win the AFC. I don't know why everybody's blowing up the Miami Dolphins. Because they got Tyree Kill. They didn't have a good draft. I really didn't think their draft really stood out. They have Tua, who can't stay healthy, who a lot of people are calling him 
uh, what is it, left-handed no. Tebow? Yeah, he's that? more accurate than Mahomes, though, according to t- uh, Tyreek. I-, I mean, give no. me a break. I-, I mean, this is to his last opportunity. He has weapons now. He has a new coach. You have to learn a new offense. I don't know why anybody's sitting here today and thinking that Miami's going to be that much better than they were last year. I don't care with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill made a big mistake, okay? I, I understand he wanted to go – and. He probably would have been better off with the Jets than going to Miami. I don't know why he would think that he would fit over there uh, in Miami better than he would fit in New York. But by all means, if that's where he wants to go and he wants to play with a quarterback that, quote-unquote, has better accuracy than uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Patrick Mahomes, well, good luck over there because uh, I think you're going to be sitting there and being very upset and talking on your podcast just like uh, Draymond Green does every single other week, talking crap about other players because he can't talk about his own. So it's just ridiculous. Draymond it's 2.0. Ridiculous. He is ridiculous just like Draymond Green. Two idiots, okay? They, they should be on a show together. Two idiots. <laughs> that, that would be the great podcast. Two idiots. Anyways. So you were, you were talking about the, the AFC being stacked and all the, all the different combinations of teams that could win divisions. From a betting perspective, is there a value that you like in terms of maybe a team that's not getting enough credit where you could get better odds off of that kind of thing and make more money at the beginning of the season? Well, there's a team that I'm kind of like playing a wait-and-see approach, and that's the Denver Broncos. Uh, You know, I think that that's a team that might struggle early on, potentially just like kind of getting everything together with Russell Wilson. But if they hit their stride, I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league. And I think Russell Wilson is good enough to be able to elevate all the weapons they have, which I I think is a pretty underrated group. If Jerry Judy can stay healthy, Corlin Sutton can stay healthy, uh, you have Tim Patrick, who I think is a super underrated weapon that they paid in the offseason, and then Albert Okuebunum, a super athletic tight end for them. Uh, you know, I think that all those guys really can mesh with Russ and, and potentially be pretty lethal offense. And then defensively, that Randy Gregory should be able to get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. So uh, I think that the Broncos are lethal uh, and that that if you waited a little bit right now, you're looking like 10 to one at points bet is probably the best odds. I don't think that's bad, but I think you could probably get a little better odds uh, if they stumble at all during the season, which obviously their schedule is pretty tough playing in the AFC West as is. So. We are talking to four and four, four for four football sports betting manager, Connor Allen. Um, Connor, the NFC East is very interesting because that could be the worst division in all of football now. And who would have thought that when, when over the years you had the Cowboys that were pretty good, not great, the Washington football team, now the Commanders, whatever they call themselves. Uh, they have Carlson Wentz now. They have a couple of good weapons, wide receivers. They just signed their wide receiver. They could be decent this year. Who knows? The team that really stood out so far this offseason is not the Giants. We know the Giants are probably the worst team in that division. It's the the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles had A.J. Brown. uh, Jordan Davis is a beast of a man. You put him over there. You brought brought back Brian Cox. I mean, this is a good defense. Uh, Their secondary was weak last, you know, going into last year. They added some secondary help in the draft and and some free agents. Bradbury, yeah. Yes. So – uh, what are your thoughts to the Eagles this year? They were a playoff team. They could be even better this year. They could be one of the best teams in the NFC. Oh, yeah. So I actually, uh, from the get-go, as soon as the draft, I hit their over win total, which was at 8.5. It's now 9.5. Still lean over there. You can also bet them to win the division at plus 200. Absolutely. I, I think that that's a great bet. That's still one of my best bets probably on the board. You mentioned all the great additions they made. Um, you know, Right now they have projected like one of the top pass-blocking offensive lines in the league. 
Uh, they, you know, bolstered their defense. And I think to your, to your point, I think that they have a better roster than the Cowboys at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I think just, and the Cowboys win total is 10 and a half and their favorites in the division by a little bit here. Uh, you know, I, I think that the Eagles are very capable of winning. And I, I like them too. They also have a pretty, the benefit of uh, having a pretty soft schedule, like one of the, the top five softest schedules in the league. Mm. So I think that this is a good spot to, to buy some Eagles futures. The, the Cowboys never make the playoffs in back-to-back years either. So they'll find a way to go 8-8-1 eight, eight and one or something like that <laughs> and just miss out. So I wanted to ask, I, I saw on your Twitter you do a little bit of fantasy content as well in addition to your, your betting. So is there a guy that you think could be a very big sleeper for them this year? Maybe the big time, like who, who's going to be the Cooper Cup of last year maybe for – other positions. Well, that was not a big time. We knew Cooper Cup was a good player. Yeah, right? but he was like a sixth, seventh round pick. And who's yeah? Is there anyone you think of being that guy? Well, Cooper Cup. What are you talking about? For fantasy? fantasy, fantasy. Yeah, he was a sixth or seventh round projected pick. wise. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Last year. I obviously wasn't aware of that. I mean, <laughs> so who, any any guys that you think could be that guy for for fantasy this year? Yeah, so I I think that kind of something we just mentioned here, and, and in the same vein, uh, I think that drafting guys like Corlin Sutton or Jerry Judy, uh, also like Cup, getting that quarterback upgrade from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford in Denver. That's from you know Drew Locke and whatever bums they've been rolling out to. <laughs> Uh, you know, now Russell Wilson, like Russell Wilson has been dishing, you know, some of the most efficient targets over the, I mean, his entire career. If you look at uh, completion percentage over expectation and EPA combination, he's like the sixth best since his rookie year last year, he was like fifth before his injury. Uh, and so I think that he's going to make a big difference there. So I think those are two sl- like, you know, by lows, I guess they're not really sleeper. They're going like middle rounds. They're like fourth, fifth, sixth round most of the time. Uh, but a guy that if you want to look like deeper down the board that I really like this year is a guy, Chase Edmonds. So, mm. uh, you know, I know you mentioned that you're not in Miami. And to some point, it looks really, you know, ambiguous. They, they have Raheem Mostert. They have Sony Michel. They yeah. have Chase Edmonds. But the reality is they paid Chase Edmonds six times the amount that they paid Sony Michel or Raheem Mostert. Miles Gaskin's going to get cut. They can cut him for 20K in dead cap. Whereas he's owed $2.7 million if he's on the roster. Um, and so Edmonds and neither of the other two guys can catch passes. So Edmonds is going to catch passes. PPR league, he's got a safe floor. And then, you know, if he does get some of that early down work, uh, which I think is very possible, he was actually last season had the highest yards per carry in zone blocking uh, running plays. Mm-hmm. And as you know, San Francisco, Mike McDaniel, uh, they ran a really high rate of zone running plays. So he's a great fit for the system. Uh, he could see more work on early downs, potentially somewhere on the goal line and as passing work. And you're getting him in like the double digit rounds, like 10, 12, 13th round. And he's, I think he's a starting running back. So. Uh, that that's probably a sleeper if I have one right now. He was good for Arizona, but he, they also had Kyler Murray, and, and Kyler Murray does open up the field because of his legs and the ability that he has. So I want to see what Chase Edmonds could do in, on a a very weak offensive line and a very weak quarterback. I, I don't trust Tua that he's going to stay 100 percent healthy. I know they who did they bring in free uh, to free agency the backup quarterback. Um, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. I think eventually Teddy Bridgewater is going to win that job. So I don't think Tua is going to stay healthy. And then when he gets hurt, Tua is going to be out and Bridgewater will be in. He'll play decent and then I'll keep him on the field because Tyreek's going to say, I like Teddy. Teddy's better. You know, so, you know, he's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. So, so if Teddy's better than Tua, does that make Teddy more accurate than Patrick Mahomes? I have no idea. With Tyreek, you don't know what he's going to say and when he's going to say it. But when he says it, you just shake your head and just say, shut up. You run like a cheater. You're as fast as a cheater. You almost got beaten in a race by Terrell Owens. Terrell friggin' Owens, who's 50 years old and and still runs a 4-4. He's 
he's beastly. Now he plays what in the Arena Football League? I mean, the guy's it's crazy. I mean, the guy is just an idiot. I I like Tyreek. I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's one of the more talented wide receivers in the league. But he also played with one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best offensive lines, one of the best offenses, and the best offensive-minded coach in possibly NFL history. And he's talking now all of a sudden. He's going to a team that has a new coach who's never been a coach before in the NFL and, by the way, has no offensive line. Not a one. What do they got? They got one. Armstead player. and Austin Jackson. Uh, solid, Armstead. But that's it. Austin Jackson's not good. He's solid. He's nothing special. He's though. not then, good. Their interior is all horrible. Uh, Armstead's great. He's a great player. They got him in free agency. Besides him, everybody else on that team stinks. Okay, they they stink. And when they play teams that can get to get to the quarterback, you're going to see two are running for dear life. But anyways, uh, we are talking to four for four football sports betting manager Connor Allen. Connor, okay, so we're looking throughout the whole league, all right? Right now, you know, if I put a gun to your head right now, who do you have coming out of each division? Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, okay, so we'll go with right now if I had to pick. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, probably the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. uh, out of the NFC. Mm-hmm. And I'll go with the I'll go with the Chargers out of the AFC. I think that you know the, on paper they have the best roster uh, in you know at least or one of the best rosters. It's easy to pick the Bills. I think the Bills would be a fine pick as well. Um, but if we want to go a little bit further on the board, get a little bit you know uh, frisky there, I think that the Chargers are in a good spot. Just overall, you know, they made some good good additions in free agency. Uh, I believe in Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, I think that he he showed showed plenty of potential as well. Uh, it's just a matter of whether they can stay healthy. I don't know how it happens, but every single year they happen to have some of the most injuries to their offensive line or their defensive line. I, like it's been pretty consistent throughout multiple coaching staffs, training staffs. I don't know if it's the, the grass that they've been playing on or anything, <laughs> but still, it, it is something something else. So I, I think on paper they're they're a solid look and. I'd probably lean towards the Bucks, but I guess there is some concern about, you know, without Chris Godwin, I think is probably going to potentially start on the pup list or, you know, take have a slow side of the season. But they did add Russell Gage. I think mm-hmm. that he's a, a unique addition, was able to perform pretty well, even with on a, on a pretty bad team there. Uh, and obviously, no Gronk hurts a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, you know, Brady's good enough to figure it out with the weapons that he has there. So my last question, one bold fantasy prediction and one bold, uh, I would say, like strategic betting prediction, one value that you really like, either a player or a team could be anything. All right. We will start with with fantasy here. Um, I'll go with. uh, So I would, if possible, I would draft like Lamar Jackson in every league uh, just because of his rushing upside. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like he. I think they're going to get back to the ground game. You know, like they they signaled that in the offseason. They traded away Marquise Brown. I think you're going to see him back to just being like an uber-efficient rushing attack. Their defense, obviously, they were actually last season one of the most injured teams in NFL history, mm-hmm. according to Football Outsiders, you know, games lost uh, by their starters. And so, you know, you have a lot of those guys returning. They made some good offseason additions. I think the Lamar's uh, maybe not going to go crazy or anything, uh, but I think that he adds enough with his legs that – He's a great pick, and he's going really. I mean, sixth, seventh round. Like you used to see him in the second round, third round. So, uh, I think that that's that's a great pick there for fantasy. Uh, in terms of betting here, um, so I think a, a player prop that that I just took here uh, is one that I like is is Ryan Tannehill. I took his under on his passing yards actually. Um, it was at 3,700 and a half. You're looking at that. Uh, I mean, he barely got over that last season without Derrick Henry being able to run the ball for half the season. They lost AJ Brown. Now they're rolling out, you know, 30 year old Robert Woods coming off an ACL and, uh, tr- you know, Traylon Burks, who, as I mentioned, 
you know, was not really performing in minicamp at all. I think that even if both of those guys are healthy and like completely fine back at their A games, you're looking at this being like a, you know, 50, 50 proposition. And I, as like I mentioned here with, with Henry back, you know, we have him projected for 3,500 passing yards. So I think that an under there, if he gets injured, you win your bet. You know, if Malik Willis starts, uh, you win your bet. You know, if, if I think there's a non-zero chance of that too, if he's not playing well. So, you know, that's another look there if, if you want to take one of my bets. Ryan Tannehill stinks, okay? That, he, that, that also. He, yeah. he stinks, okay? And I, I, I would bet anybody that that guy's probably going to lose his job before the season's end. They have nobody to throw to. I, I, I Unfortunately, I feel bad for the Tennessee Titans because they, they had their chance to win the last two seasons. They just choked. They absolutely choked. And I think the team to look at this year, because I, I think Kyler Murray is looking for a big contract. He's been pretty much – they gave him – Marquise Brown, his best friend. I mean, they want to make him happy, so they gave him his best friend. Um, I, I know Hopkins could be out for six or seven games because he got suspended. Who would have thought he's doing steroids or human growth hormones, whatever he's doing. Uh, but nevertheless, it's it's football, not baseball. Um, so I think that team, when they get to full strength, I think they're very talented. And I think that he's going to prove everybody wrong for what happened in the playoffs last year. By the way, they did lose against the L.A. Rams, who, by the way, won the Super Bowl last year. So I, I don't know why everybody keeps saying, well, Kyler, he didn't look good. It was his first playoff appearance. So I don't expect a guy to just walk on the field. What, Lamar Jackson, was he good his first playoff appearance? No. Eli Manning was shut out. Josh Allen, <laughs> was he good in his first playoff appearance? No. I, I mean, come on. Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, well, he, Patrick Mahomes, he went to a team that was just all around talent. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I mean, he has running backs galore every single year. I mean, what they had Hunt there when he was a rookie. I mean, it's it, it's not fair you know, when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes. But um, nevertheless, I, I think it's very interesting. Last question for me, man, before we let you go. Um, you look at the league this year, and there's a lot of interesting stories that are going into the season. When you look at one team in particular that you think is just going to be a complete bombshell of what they were last year, who would it be and why? Uh, so, so you're asking me like which team I think is going to absolutely, absolutely collapse know. this year, fall apart when everybody thought what they did last year was fantastic they're, and they're going to be even better this year. What team is just going to completely collapse this year, which we see every single year? Oh man, I th- I think that the answer here is I I don't know. I think there's two potential answers here in terms of teams that were good last year. That the Titans I think are a, a very clear example of something we just talked about there. Like you said, Ryan Tannehill stinks. Is he going to be able to overcome not having weapons? His offensive line is still not that good. Their defense has tons of holes. I mean, I think that the Titans are, are massively overrated. I thought that last year they were one of the worst number one seeds in NFL history as is. Uh, and, you know, like that was I was all over the Bengals potentially beating them. So I think this year they're they're a, a good look as well. And I think the Cowboys, too, you know, like they're another team that has plenty of holes now without Cooper. Michael Gallup's probably going to miss half the season. So who are they going to throw to CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Tolbert, James Washington? I mean, it just doesn't have the quite, you know, the same sting. And then Ezekiel Elliott has been sub- uber inefficient and obviously he's been injured, you know, on and off. But still, he's getting older. Uh, and I think Tony Pollard's good, but they just don't seem to want to use him like uh, like they do. I mean, they just signed Zeke for more money. So I, I don't know. I think those two teams both could potentially could regress big time. It's, I, it's actually interesting. We, we mentioned that the Titans were very overrated. We actually had Aaron Schatz on the show, who's an AP, AP writer, and he's an MVP voter. He actually was saying that his analytic tracker had them as the most as the worst number one seed in NFL history. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, the team that I think is going to take a step back from last year is the Buffalo Bills. 
They lost their offensive coordinator. Josh Allen has his, I guess, his lean-on guy that you know has really developed his skill. And he wasn't the same quarterback when he came into the league. I think it's gonna, it's going to. He's definitely going to have to figure things out himself, and I think he's going to take a step back. And I don't think this defense is as good as they were last year. They lost a lot of veterans in the offseason. They brought Von Miller in, but we'll see if Von Miller could actually stay healthy for the amount of money that they paid him. But uh, anyways, we, we really appreciate you joining us, Connor. You're awesome, and we would definitely like to get you on. Tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL, and I write for uh, 444.com and have, do a weekly betting podcast called Move the Line. Well, uh, we would love uh, – first of all, when Speedy told me you were coming on a show, I actually checked out your, your podcast. You guys have an interesting podcast, and, and if you guys want to get betting tips – you definitely got to check out their show because I, I think it's it's very interesting. And, and Connor has uh, his good takes when it comes to uh, what's going on in the NFL. So we really appreciate you, bro, and we'll get you on again soon. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks so much. Connor Allen, we uh, four for four, uh, football sports betting, fantastic guy, smart guy, and he knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, check him out on social media, Twitter. Uh, he posts up things every single day, uh, and he has a great podcast. Uh, he's a sports better. He knows his stuff. So uh, very, very interesting guy. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking to our friend, Pro Football Focus and Sirius XM Fantasy Football radio show host, Brian Drake, here on the Sports Loudmouth. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loudmouths. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Connor Allen, ladies and gentlemen, fantastic guy. Uh, I checked out his podcast on YouTube. Very interesting show. Uh, Guys know what they're talking about, but this guy knows what he's talking about. We had him on a couple of months ago. Fantastic personality. We are now talking to Pro Football Focus and Sirius XM Fantasy Football Radio Show host, Brian Drake. What's going on, Brian? Errol, Petey, how are you folks? Thanks for having me back on. I'm glad I can make an appearance here. And I, I just love, because you guys bring this, this like gritty New York vibe that I love. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a New Yorker, although I'm upstate. Uh, but I, I love that New York sports radio. It's kind of stuff I grew up on, Mike and the Mad Dog and FAN and all that great stuff. So I, I love listening to you guys. I love the passion and the, you know, the hustle that you guys put into this show it's awesome well we like to dance too i i don't know if you want to see him dance i mean if you like watching like uh the nasty rockettes bad kicks and you know dancing like a chicken uh, you can come and check out speedy on his birthday uh he, definitely an interesting guy but personality wise the guy has a tremendous amount of talent and we we really like to bring out uh, a different attitude when it comes to sports because i think sports radio has really uh become boring and and so uh, you know, everybody talks about the same stuff. It's repetitive and it just, it, it has no like personality to it. And I think what we do is, uh, I think it's just about entertaining people and letting people understand that the fans should have a voice, but also have a voice through us. And that's what we like to do when we, when we talk sports. So uh, we really appreciate you coming back on with us. 
Yeah, I'm a radio nerd from way back. I could sit here and talk theory of sports radio with you <laughs> and, and all that all day long. Because you're right. And when you look back at, you know, I'm a big Howard Stern fan mm-hmm. and uh, Colin Cowherd and guys like that, Tony Kornheiser. And really, it, it all radio is, is creating an atmosphere where you feel like you're friends with the host. Like you listen and you're like, oh yeah, I'm buddies with Errol. I'm buddies with Speedy Pete. Yeah, like these are my boys. And like, I'm just sitting back. I'm a fly on the wall listening to them. And if they say something crazy, I'm going to call in. And it's guys you would enjoy hanging out and having a drink with uh, versus, you know, now everything's just like, oh, how hot can my take be? And I can get clicks on Twitter for it and all that. It's like, that, nobody cares about that. Like that, you're not building an audience yeah. when you do that. So uh, I don't know. That's just my, my I, you're absolutely right. And it, it doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, in this industry and I've been in the industry for over nine years and, and, and doing radio for a very long time. We're on 103.9 FM here in Long Island, which has become one of the better, more popular shows out here. But nevertheless, I, I feel like, you know, pitching the show to national stages like ESPN and CBS, when you're, you're giving them like uh, different takes on what you're doing, they want you to be less personality and more just straight to the point. And I don't understand that. It doesn't make any sense because personality is what sells you. Personality is what changes you from everybody else. But they mm-hmm. don't want to hear that. They want to hear straightforward takes that, you know, could be boring and, and, and not something that uh, to me is who I am. And I, I don't understand that. I'm still trying to figure that out. But again, it's all about getting your foot in the door Errol, and doing what you're asked to do. And then you can be who you want to be, which I don't understand that. So. You don't even need that nowadays. I mean, look what you guys are doing right here. You can create your own platform yeah. in 2022. You don't need a WFAN or mm-hmm. whoever in New York City to to let you in. You can go become huge on YouTube and and all these different apps out there. So yeah, keep doing what you guys are doing, man. I remember uh, I have this autograph, and I hate Jim Rome, so it's funny. <laughs> uh, but I have this Jim Rome autograph picture from when I was probably I don't know 12 years old, and he signed it. Have a take and don't suck. And I had one from him and I had one from Scott Farrell autographed in my room. I know uh, Scotty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was I loved listening to Scotty Farrell way back in the day in like the 90s mm-hmm. on uh, WHEN in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And he would call in and you know do a interesting Farrell voice. And I, oh I my god. It. Such loved an it. I was in uh it's so funny with the whole Scotty Farrell. I was at the Stanley Cup finals uh with Boston and St. Louis and I was driving home after the Stanley Cup, after St. Louis won the Stanley Cup, and I'm driving home all the way back to New York, and Scotty Farrell's on, so I'm like, I'm going to call this stupid show, and I'm calling him up, and he, and it, it, he's got the most unique, ridiculous voice, and I, as soon as he, he put me through, I couldn't stop laughing. He says, are you going to ask me a question? I was like, it's <laughs> like, you ever watch uh, what, the Muppets? You know, <laughs> He's like a Muppet character. That's what he <laughs> Scotty Farrell is an interesting dude, man. He, he definitely is, but that's who he is. He's a different, unique personality, and that's what made him. And you're absolutely right. And I, I, I think platforms are you can make you could form. But to me, I've always wanted to be center stage on a national grid. I want to be one of the biggest sports radio show hosts in in America. And the only way you can do that is getting on a national stage and proving yourself through the national stage. And we have a lot of guys that are doing that now that have worked under us that I, I've worked personally with trained them and they went the route of, you know, kissing, you know what? I don't do that. I'm not going to do that. I, I feel like 
I want to be who I want to be. And I, and I, and I feel like, you know, now with the industry, the way it is, and so dried out with personalities and, and people that think that they know and have an ego trip, it bothers me, man. And I, I, I don't understand why the industry is like that, where you have to, you have to beg them to say, Hey, listen, give me a 30 show contract. Let me, let me show you what I got. And then after that, if you don't like it, we could part ways and we'll never have to talk again. And if you love it, then we could sit down and I could tell you, I told you so. Okay. So I, I don't understand the industry. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. For all the connections I have in the industry, I don't go to those connections. I feel that I can do it myself, and I have the unique personality to do it and, and give the nation and the, the national grid a different way of sports radio, something that they haven't heard before. Errol, it's funny. When I was in high or not high school, excuse me, college, mm-hmm. and I was interning, I interned at a sports radio station in Syracuse, and the anchor – our midday anchor at the time was primetime Adam Shine. I know I know him too. <laughs> yeah, I know him and, too, yeah. And I remember going on there and he was great. And God bless Adam. He is as talented mm-hmm. as he gets. That's why he is where he is. And I remember going back to my little college radio station and doing my show. And you know, all these guys are trying to go, like you said, they're going to stations to try to emulate somebody who is already there. Right. And my whole thing was I was like, I'm already better than these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, and mentally, that's how you have to be. Mm-hmm. You have to be like, no, this guy's show sucks. Like, you guys are never going to draw an audience. You, you got to have a little personality. You got to have a little flair, a little showmanship. And Stern had a great point about that. Early on when podcasting started coming out, and he was so anti-podcast. And I remember he was talking about Adam so Carolla's show. Mm-hmm. And he was like, listen, he's like, if you want to really make it in radio, he's like, go earn a rating. Have people you know literally listen to you and get paid to draw ratings paid to draw advertisers you know versus adver- you know, going in your basement and talking and for people listening and now it's different you know you see the guy on spotify making bazillions of dollars and all that but he is still right it, you can look at you know the the battles in new york city with michael k and them going up against the guys at uh you know fam and espn and the whole brian let me ask you a question i'm sorry to cut you off yeah no problem if i was if i would if me and speedy were doing the show at the time and the slot michael k and all of them don't you think we'd be drawing the same amount of fans that want to listen to sports radio that has a national grid on 98.7 or whatever the channel it is? And, and, and I'm, I'm putting out the same content, maybe different content out. You think, don't you think they'd be listening to me just as much as they'd be listening to Michael Kay and, and all that garbage that's out there? I think it's proven when you look at these radio stations, the numbers don't change that drastically. Mm-hmm. Like, did people like Mike and the Mad Dog mm-hmm. back in the day? Of course. of course they did. But because they were on the air, that's who you listened to from 2 to 6, uh, whatever time they were on, mm-hmm. uh, because they were on the air. When you put somebody else on the air, unless they're just awful, like, you know, like Bart Scott or somebody like that, like, for the most part, like, yeah, you're going to listen because that's who's on the air. If you enjoy the show and you're in a car, you're in a commute, you're going to listen, unless it's so awful. But, I mean, they're not going to put you on the air unless you're not a little compelling. So I'm kind of with you. Knowledgeable and has a little personality and can relate to the callers. Yeah, they're going to click. And you just need that time to build the audience, build your rapport. You know, show because, people because who you, you are. Yeah, when you're doing podcasts, and yes, you can draw your own crowd. It's, you know, people, there's a million of them out there. There's a million of them. And yes, you have your, your local guys that are going to follow you. They love your stuff. They, they're going to go out there. They're going to attack you. They love your takes or they hate your takes. And that's why they listen to you. But then there are guys out there uh, and, and radio shows out there that 
they, they trying to draw things or they're trying to bring in marketing companies to market their product and stuff like that. And it's just not legit. And that's why when I talk to these directors, and I've talked to plenty of directors in, in the industry, and some of them are pretty close with me. And I said, what makes them different from me? And they, and they say, well, it, it's the audience. And I'm saying, audience? I've got almost 4,000. I don't even go on Twitter. I have 4,000 people that follow me. And the guys that you have on your network have 1,000, 1,200. What makes them have a bigger audience than me? And they're on the Twitter posting things every single second, every single minute of the day. So give me a break. You want my audience? I'll tell you where the sun doesn't shine. You tell me where the audience doesn't shine. All right? And- I, I don't understand it. You know what else is interesting to me, and uh, I don't know if you guys are big with like TikTok and Instagram. Yes, I'm too old. I'm not. I'm, I'm not I'm, either. I'm, I'm too old. Yeah. And I kind of do hope that the government shuts down TikTok in a way, That'd just so I don't have to do it. <laughs> uh, you know, but I see all these kids, and they go on there, and they're like, "Look, I've got a hundred thousand followers on TikTok," and all. And the first thing I think of, and I've written about this before, I'm like, "All right, that's great." How do you monetize it? Mm-hmm. How do you turn that into anything? Okay, great. The way that TikTok works is you can watch something and it instantly asks you, do you want to follow this or do you want to just watch the stupid clip of them falling down or whatever they're doing? <laughs> and, then, and then you click it. And that's how these people draw these audiences. Like you're not – I don't know. I don't want to put people down and say you're not a, a, a good content creator if you're just making it big on TikTok. But in what I do, fantasy football, I see kids on – TikTok and they've got, you know, 200,000 followers. And right. It is the dumbest, most inane things you've ever seen in your life. It'll be like, hey, look, did you know that the, you know, Rams won the Super Bowl? Here's how they did it. And it's like some clip of, you know, Cooper Cup scoring a touchdown. And you're like, who the hell? No shit they won. You know, like, of course, like anybody could just, they knew they, they watched the game. And again, but we always I, love a good clip of Eli Apple getting roasted. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Eli Apple. That's another. I love. I gotta admit though, I being an Eagles fan, so I, I remember Eli Apple as a Giant mm-hmm. mostly. I and, unfortunately do too as a Giants fan. And seeing him, you know how he would come out and he's talking smack to people, just to see him get roasted time after time after time, just brought a little joy to my evil. <laughs> I love it. The whole playoffs, like Saints fans and Giants fans, were collectively just going like banding together to roast his like random tweets he had during the playoffs. I know his mother probably is uh, sending random tweets too. She's crazy too. That whole family's nuts. Keep but... let's get her with uh, Zach Wilson. Get oh. them together. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even approached to talk about that, by the way, which everybody, everybody's making it a big story. Who, who the hell cares who he's sleeping with? He could be sleeping with a dog or a wolf. Who cares? It's he's not a good gonna... looking kid, man. Yeah. God bless you. Like, <laughs> if I looked like him and I had some you know, rookie contract, I would be going bananas out there. I'd have Carmen Electra on one side and Sofia Vergara on the other. And... Damn right. I mean, <laughs> Let's uh, go. if anything, I'd give him props for whatever he did with his mother's uh, best friend. The new Dennis Rodman. <laughs> who cares? I mean, can, who cares? can she play slot wide receiver? Probably could. <laughs> I mean, it, they got enough of them now. <laughs> uh, we are talking to Pro Football Focus and Sirius XM Fantasy Football radio show host, Brian Drake. But I just wanted to get into that with you because I'm, I'm kind of like thrown off on on how the industry works and why the industry is the way they, that it is. But it, it burns a hole in me on why uh, some of these directors and some of these, uh, you know, uh, 
radio stations are the way they are. It doesn't make any sense. They bring in these Bart Scotts and, and all these different guys because they're uh, ex-football players and they think that they know sports. Bart Scott barely knows football, okay? He doesn't know boxing. He doesn't know basketball. He thinks he knows hockey. I remember uh, during the playoffs he was talking about Ranger hockey. I'm like, dude, you know nothing about hockey, please. And then you got Stephen A. Smith who – claims, and I'm not taking shots to Steven because he made it in this business for who he is personality-wise, but he first claims he knows boxing because he's friends with uh, Floyd Mayweather. Then when you call his show like I did and attack him that he doesn't know anything, <laughs> and then I called him out on one of the, and I asked him a question, and he got so angry at me, he hung up the phone on me, and then I said, you know what, I'll call up again a couple of weeks later. I called up, and remember me? He hung up the phone before I even said anything because he knows <laughs> he couldn't answer the question. So why even talk about it if you don't know what you're talking about? He's just on air to rip the Cowboys at this point. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if you want to listen to what is the worst of sports talk radio, turn on any sports talk radio station on a holiday weekend. Oh, my <laughs> God. Then, on the weekend. Like a real men of genius. Remember those old Bud Light ads? And it's like real men of genius. And it was like, here's to you, weekend fill-in sports talk radio guy. And it's like, they're the worst. The worst. But yeah, you, you are right with a lot of these ex-athletes. I don't know why ESPN and these stations, they just drum up these guys. Like, Brian, there's got to be somebody more entertaining out there. Look what the Mannings mm-hmm. are doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, are the Mannings big-time stars? No. The well, they're, they're big. They're big They're big stars. But radio guys or, you know, TV guys, oh. they're not. <laughs> no, I, I love that Manning cast. I could watch that all day long. Uh, but you know what killed me with the Manning cast? It's the same thing we were just talking about. What do we want? We want interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. We want to feel like we're a fly on the wall. That's what was great about that show was when it was just Eli and Peyton talking football. And they're like, oh, my God, watch watch this corner over here. You got to throw this hot route and blah, blah, blah. All this great inside stuff. When did it start to suck? Hey, now we're going to have Condoleezza Rice on the show. Oh, yeah, that one was bad. hard on the show. Now we're going to have – like, nobody cares about those people. Marshawn Lynch was funny, though. (laughs) Yeah, I don't need Phil Mickelson on the show now for all that. You know, even as great as Pat McAfee and all the money he's made. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't need that. I want to hear these guys talk football. And, and, and that's what throws me off because I don't understand it. When you talk to these directors and they're telling me you're, – you're telling me you would, rather li- you would rather have what you put on on the weekends than somebody like me that could bring a different uh, personality, a different whole content that can change your, you know, your network for the better on the weekend when you have all these old guys that are 50, 60 years old that nobody even wants to hear them anymore. But they want to listen to sports radio because it's all, you know, when you're driving home, you don't want to listen to the same four, you know, top 40 on the radio or serious radio anymore. You want to hear the exclusive sports either in that nation, that national area or somewhere throughout the country. I just... I, I don't understand. You want content. You want something new and unique. Let the new people. Why? Because they're not a name? Because they're not like, oh, I'm sorry, they're not Rick Pietro. I'll tell you. I know Rick Pietro personally. Can't stand the SOB. Okay? But uh, all these guys, because I'm not, I'm not a big exclusive name like these guys, you're not going to give me a shot? Get, get, get the hell out of here. Okay? And I can't wait. Hashtag give Errol a chance. Oh, you want to know something? In, in connections to this, and I'll, I'll tell you this, Brian, I have, I've talked to a lot of the industry conglomerates, okay? And I, I have a lot of respect for all of them. I have nothing bad to say about any of them. But if you're going to tell me they, – they say they like egos, and here's my ego. If you're going to tell me right now 
that what is on what is on the radio throughout the country is better than what I could put out there, I will tell you you're a crocker, you know what. Okay, because there is nothing that I have heard out there that really sells to me as a fan for what I could put out there that could sell the the industry a completely different way. You want Howard Stern said said something very interesting to me when I met him when I I've done work for him as a DJ and he told me never change who you are, be who you are. That's what people are going to grow to. That's what people are going to love about you, not to change for what the industry wants you to be. And I and I'm and that's the same way I'm. I am when I when I'm asked to put out a clip, you know, a clip tape to let me hear what your stuff, and they say, "Well, I, less funny, just be be yourself." And that is me. What, what do you want me to do? You want me to you want me to talk out of my ass? How about I just stick my ass cheeks to the to the mic and talk out of my ass? Maybe that'll put you let you put me on the radio because half the people that you have on the radio networks aren't sellable to me, and they don't sell to anybody else. So that's just my take on that. It's tough. I'm such a huge fan of local radio. And uh, sorry to anybody who tuned in to talk fantasy, but you can get that anywhere. We're talking <laughs> – this is this is more interesting. Uh, but I'm such a fan of local radio. And mm-hmm. yeah, I live up in Syracuse, New York, mm-hmm. and there's literally now only one radio group that's remotely local. Mm-hmm. And they've got the rights now to, you know, Syracuse University sports and all that stuff. And God bless them, because otherwise everything is just corporately owned. And it's terrible. I mean, my best friend, you know, God rest his soul. He was a news reporter, died in a DUI sorry crash. Oh, wow. Sorry uh, to hear. But uh, he worked for this news radio station here in Syracuse. And it was a local news organization, local guys on the air, morning, afternoon drive, it, local news. So if I want to hear about, you know, what's going on in Syracuse, what's going on in central New York with the politicians, with the, the football team. Maybe I don't want to hear about the football team, but, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, but there's no worry. There might be the next now. team to move. Yeah. There, please God. Can we go to the big 10? We're, you know, we're usually okay at basketball. Can't but, be any worse than Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Is we get that, but yeah, how is Maryland and Rutgers in the big 10? I mean, if you're Syracuse, I had a whole conversation with a big Michigan fan about this. Syracuse is more of a draw for New York City than Rutgers is. And, and for that media market and for the alumni base down there, Maryland, why in the world Maryland's in the Big Ten makes zero sense. I mean, a founding ACC school, like what are we doing with them? In the It's a joke. All these conferences are a joke at this point. It's going to become, hey, we've got two huge mega conferences, and then you know what we're going to do? We're going to split them up into small geographical sub-conferences, exactly what they used to be, mm. and then we just go into this big playoff that everyone's wanted for years. It, uh, it, the college football is going to be dead in 10 years because of this nonsense. Sports radio is going to be dead in a few years, too, the way they're going, because nobody wants to pay, give endorsements or advertisements or sponsorships for the garbage that is out there. And then they overcharge for sponsorships and advertisements when they rather pay podcast companies less to produce it because they're drawing just the same amount of people. So if sports radio doesn't figure out what's going to draw more people nationally, they're going to be out of business very, very soon as well. And that's not taking shots at any director out there. I'm just speaking the truth. And if you guys are going to sit here and tell me you don't know what I'm ta- I don't know what I'm talking about. I started a digital sports radio station that didn't exist in the industry. There was none of them. I believe I was one of the 
the first sports digital radio stations. I definitely was one of the first digital platforms that had an app that none of these digital app, these digital platforms had in the beginning. I had one four or five years ago. So you can't sit here and tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about digitally. It's all transitioning digital. And mm-hmm. I think that the industry is is becoming more absurd with the, the guests and, and, and the stupidity that they're putting out there because, oh, they'd rather put felons on their networks, guys that have been in and out of jail, and people know who I'm talking about, okay? People that have, were in and out of jail, and then all of a sudden he's on a radio station again because their ratings were horrible, and they put him out there, and, and they're trying to sell it. And, and, yes, his ratings are up because of his name, but now he's talking about this and that for what he did. And nobody gives a crap. <laughs> Nobody cares what you did. The Dallas Cowboys of radio. I don't give a crap, okay? Because if that's what you're going to sell to me, and that's what you're going to sell to the fan that has respect for the business and puts out and puts their heart and soul into the business because of what, you know, the time that he gives to the fans, the time that I've put into building a product, and, and you're going to give it to that guy because, hey, he's been in the industry and because he had a show, then you know what? You're as clueless as anybody that's been in the industry. I love it. We gotta get a like a boxing match set up here. See, I give you guys all the credit in the world. I stopped really following all sports probably right around when I was, I don't know, 23, 24. Like I'm four I'll be forty two this year. Jeez Louise, getting old next month. And I remember when I was a young guy and I could tell you everything NBA. I was even in some hockey and this, whatever was going on. For you guys to keep doing that, I mean I now I got a wife and two kids and all of this course. stuff like I give you guys all the credit in the world because if somebody came to me right now and they're like, who's in first place in, in Major League Baseball? I could tell you the Yankees because I was just at a game. Mm-hmm. The, I know the Mets are good. Mm-hmm. After that, I'm like, I don't know. I couldn't tell you 10 more players. In the, the, twins. In baseball. the Twins are over there. Yeah, the Twins will eventually lose to the Yankees in the playoffs. Yep, like always. <laughs> and Oakland always loses to the Yankees in the playoffs, even though they're horrible this year. They're the worst team in the American League this year. I mean, it's just – and who who would have thought that the Orioles would be on an eight game winning streak? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But that's that's baseball. But and and Carl, one of our fans says, Errol isn't lying. Check out check out Periscope broadcast years back. I was one. I was the first broadcast, you know, sports broadcast on Periscope. Me and my partner, Periscope. we were we were the first, and we had thirty forty thousand fans follow. We had Disney reach out to us before they bought in to ESPN, and they wanted us to change who we were, and I wasn't going to do it. You know, so I've always stuck to my stuck to my plan and what I was doing. And nine years later, I'm pushing myself nationally, and I'm getting the run by telling me this and telling me that. You have no idea, Brian, on Step what I've been it, doing. Man. Oh, keep oh, putting I, stuff out there. People can find. It. I mean, if you're on, like I said, basically YouTube. YouTube's the biggest search engine there is. That's absolutely, where people are going to find. And you know I mean, what it is? There's it, it, so many people on YouTube, and that's why I. I it, it, to me, it's like. You put me on a national stage right now. I'm, I'm, I could tell, and I've told this to these directors. I'll give you something you don't have. I guarantee you, I will give you something you don't have, and it will draw the fan. I've always been, I've always, and Speedy can tell you this. I've always been a personality that draws to the fans, no matter if you love me or you hate me or you're just disgusted at what I say. I do know what I'm talking about, and even when you argue with me, I'm going to have a, a, a where. You know, understanding on where I'm going to go to attack it. And by the way, I don't watch as much sports as I used to 
five, six years ago. So people say, how do you know so much? I study it enough that I can go in the ins and the outs and, and the cracks to understand where I'm going to attack it when I get into the conversation when it comes to sports. And I don't care about the betters. I don't care about the fantasy junkies. All I care about is what those guys are going to want to hear on radio that's going to keep them listening nationally. And I could do that. I could put that out there. And I'm loud and I'm you know, crazy. But you know what? That's who I am, and I don't have to change who I am just because it's going to sell them to put me on. And then when you get on, then you could be yourself. How about just like me for who I am, let me do what I want to do, and I promise you, you could take it to the bank. How's that? I, I can't wait to see where this goes. And I, you know why? Because you got passion. And if you've got passion and you got drive, I'm reading – you guys know who David Goggins is? Of you course. Stuff on Instagram? Mm-hmm. I'm reading his book right now. Um, I think it's called You Can't Hurt Me or something like that. And it's, it's, I'm whizzing through this thing and I'm not a huge reader, but man, oh man. It, and it's kind of the same thing. And it's just like, you just don't get broken. You just dig down deep and it, it, you can just go so much farther than you know because everyone's first inclination is to quit, you know, and everyone around you is going to put you down because mm-hmm. they don't want you to be better than them. Mm hmm. So people are going to tell you that you can't do it and that, you know, you're never going to make anything yourself. So, you know, if you got the hustle, man, and you got the drive, Errol, I I like where this is going. I don't know if we ran off whoever was in that Pete, uh, Speedy Pete's other chair next to him. Uh, no, but... no, nobody was. Nobody's there. No, 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 the, no, no. The guy that used to be there uh, stepped away from the show literally, I think, two weeks before we the first time we had you on. Yeah. And as far, oh, man. I love, and you just left the chair there for We just yeah. left the chair. It is now a ghost. Yes. As tr- the truth is, is it's not even about the hustle and stuff like that. The, the industry is paying these guys millions and millions of dollars, and they're not putting out what they've promised. And the one thing I've always done, and I stick to this and what I do, this is what I want to do for – this is a passion of mine. This is what I want to do for a living. And it's not about being on TV. It's not – I want to be a voice of uh, the industry because – I believe I have a lot to give to the industry. And and I believe what the industry is lacking is something from our personalities that we should should be driving it to be listened to. And I think that, you know, with Mike and the Mad Dog, I, I think it's it's so interesting with them because they brought they brought out two different personalities. One that thought he was an ego trip and the other one was just loud and and crazy. And and they both work together. And, and, and the one thing that I have done in, in whoever I've worked with, in, including Speedy, I give them an opportunity to be a personality with me. Give or take, loud, crazy, stupid, dumb, we're going to give you the best content possible out there, possibly out there. And for somebody to tell me I've got to change to get on and then be the person that you want to be, that doesn't sell to me and that doesn't sell to the people because that's not me. And, that, and that's wrong. And, and, and to me, what I'm going to do is when I get on and whoever gives me my chance and, and lets me go national, oh, man, when, when, it, when, it, when I start to break through to the fans and stuff like that, not only am I going to give them lip, they're going to wish, they're going to wish when I called them the first time that they gave me that shot because I will make it and I will put it 
it, I will stamp myself on the board and make sure that I am heard throughout the country. No matter what, sports or not sports, personality. I'm going to give them something they never heard before. Howard Stern or not, I'm not Howard Stern, nor do I want to be. But I am different, and I don't have to change who I am for no one. And I'm going to make sure that when it, when it comes down to it, they're going to hear me, and they're going to hear it loud. As a roar from a lion, a tiger, or a friggin' bear. All right? That's all I'm going to say about that. This is like a, a great wrestling promo. <laughs> Heading into WrestleMania this week. Like, Ric Flair's got his Just, last match coming up. Woo! <laughs> Stop it. But we're, we're going to keep you on. I, I want to ask you some questions before we let you go. Uh, again, we are talking to Pro Football Focus and Sirius XM Fantasy Football Radio Show host, Brian Drake. Brian, I, I want to go into New York sports because it's so interesting. We got into the Jets. Sure. Uh, the Giants. The they have a new coach. Uh, they had a pretty good draft. They added a, a top end wide, uh, offensive lineman, a top end uh, a, a top end uh, pass rusher, and and Thibodeau. What were your thoughts with their off season? Does this team with their schedule make them an, a seven or a, an eight win season where they're going to surprise the league? I mean, I look at the Giants. I. My, I just mentioned my buddy there, Bill, who passed away. He was a diehard Giants fan. He made me a better fan because he was so passionate. He was so knowledgeable. So I always knew so much about the Giants because that was his team. I look at the Giants right now and I say, this team has so much freaking talent on offense. Like, why can't we put it together? So they went out. They got Brian Dayball. Brian Dayball, the question can be said, guys, did Brian Dayball make Josh Allen? Or did Josh Allen make Brian Dayball? Now, his record as an offensive coordinator with Josh Allen, he was 34-15. and 15. Every other team that he was the offensive coordinator for, he has a record of 18-46. and 46. So it's going to be real interesting now, and he's going to get probably three years to see what he can do. And you're going to get one year at least of Daniel Jones to see if he can turn it around. I mean, Saquon Barkley, all the money you've invested into this mm-hmm. offensive line. I like Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Wendell Robinson. You put a, a high draft pick onto him. Like, it's all there for Daniel Jones. That's going to be the linchpin of this team. What can Daniel Jones do? And if he can't do it, then the Giants will be in the running. You know, this is a great draft class coming up in uh, 2023. So the Giants, you know, if they have another season where they're picking in the top 10, they've got a great opportunity for the future with a young base. I mean, I'm not looking to extend Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. or anything, but. You get the offensive line under control. Now you got, you know, the nice defensive end that you, you brought in this year. You're going to rework that secondary. Just got rid of Bradbury. I, I think things are moving in the right direction, especially in the front office for the New York Giants. Yeah, you know, your team has James Bradbury, and they get to face the Giants twice a year. <laughs> yeah, That'll be a tough one for me to have it's, to adjust to as a, a Giants fan. <laughs> funny thing is I had a buddy who, like, knew his agent. Bradbury's agent, and he mm. goes to me. He's, and he, this is before Bradbury signed with the Eagles because, you know, I always – if you're a fan of a team, you want – every good free agent signed with your team. And they were like, listen, this guy doesn't want to play. He's like, he's had a bad turf toe and he's got issues. He only wants to play on grass. He's only going to sign with a team that has grass. Philadelphia (laughs) is a team that plays on grass. Um, And, you know, he only might play for another year or two and that's it. Then he's out. Cause Mm. to me, I worry about that. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want some guy that doesn't have a passion for the game. Because you can get halfway through a season and the guy can just be like, nah, I don't want to play. Just kind of mail it in and fake an injury or whatever happens. I mean, hopefully Philadelphia is more competitive this year, so that doesn't happen. But on bad teams, you see that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Where guys are just like, yeah, we're going to mail it in. Uh, you know, we're 
we're going to be four and 13 this year, like Houston. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take a few weeks off. <laughs> and you know, this is an NFC East fan. How about how often do like top players that become free agents sign with a rival team? Like right away. We saw with Deshaun Jackson. We saw with DeMarco Murray. Like I I never saw a yeah. division that does it as much as the NFC East does. With that. I'm curious if we see a inter division trade in the NFC West with Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. maybe to Seattle because Jimmy Garoppolo has to go somewhere. I know there's all this talk of Trey Lance and is there arm fatigue. It doesn't matter. They spent so much draft capital mm-hmm. to get Trey Lance. You have to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're going to this offseason. I think there is a shot they either release him and Seattle can sign him for nothing because they don't want to pay him you know, what he's worth or what he's, what he's owed, excuse mm-hmm. me. Or, you know, if you have to trade him and he's a stopgap kind of guy, I mean, what are you really going to give up for a Jimmy Garoppolo? A, a fifth, sixth-round pick? That's it. To have right? him for a year? So, yeah. I don't know. But, God, they need help out there in Seattle. Unless you're just <laughs> hey, totally look, tanking for Bryce Young. Look what the Panthers gave up for uh, Baker Mayfield, a fifth-round draft pick. The Jets absolutely robbed the Carolina Panthers for a second and a fourth for Sam Donald, and the guy's going to be on the scrap heap maybe by the end of this year. So, I, I mean, and that turned into it. Jermaine Johnson, who, who and could be a pro Bowl all-pro player. You know, anything is possible, and the crazy things happen with football, baseball, hockey. It, it's not even about the draft. It's, it's how you build your team and, and how it makes sense to that organization and that GM on how he wants to build through it. And that's, that's the interesting about the thing about sports. You don't have to be the smartest guy, but you have to have a plan. And if you have the plan and you understand how the plan needs to be worked, it could work. And, and we've seen it happen as we see over the last couple of years, even the L.A. Rams. You knew what the L.A. Rams were going to do. The Rams had the pieces. They had the players that they believe they needed the quarterback. Well, they traded away their future to get the quarterback. It worked. And then during the season, oh, they made a move here, bringing in Odell Beckham. They needed a pass rusher. They bring in Von Miller. That's what they did. They traded away their future because they wanted to win now. And, and, and they needed to prove themselves after a home team like Tampa did it the year before. They wanted to do it again in L.A. So it, it, it's possible, but you have to have the right base to succeed in football. No question. It's all about do you have a quarterback? Mm-hmm. Do you have an offensive line? And then outside of that, do you have a defensive line? Mm-hmm. Defensive lines are so underrated. Fans don't think about their O-line and their D-line. That's where you win. When you look at the teams that are traditionally terrible, why is that? You can't rush the passer. You know, you can't uh, influence the quarterback when he's in, in the pocket. That's what defenses, uh, defensive tackles who make all this money, a guy like Fletcher Cox, mm-hmm. who's made a bazillion dollars for the Philadelphia Eagles, he doesn't have the big sack numbers. Now, like Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's defensive tackle. He's probably one of the five greatest defensive linemen to ever play the game. It's all about can you disrupt the passer at the point of release? You want him moving off his set target. And if you can do that, it's going to create anxiety back there, and then it's going to give that split second for the secondary. Because let's be honest, the NFL is a passing league. Everything is set up for these offenses to win. And you know the penalties are all called for them. The rules are all in their favor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all you want to do is can you give your defensive backs a split second to try to make a play? Uh, and you know that's really what the NFL is all about now. But I, I, I'm looking up and down the uh, the standings from last year, and I, I was listening to what you guys were talking about with Connor before I came on. You know who's going to surprise? And I was, I was trying to think of myself like who's going to, you know, be a really good team. Who's going to be a bad team? I, I couldn't agree more with that Tennessee pick as just the worst one seed in the history. 
And I'm worried about the Raiders. I think the Raiders in that division are going to have a really tough time. And this might sound controversial. I'm not in on the Bengals. I, I, like, I look at the Bengals and I go, okay, you were 10-7 last year. You had this fluky run through the playoffs. You've got the game where Tyreek Hill doesn't – whatever that was at the goal line and didn't score a touchdown. Like, they don't win that game. Like, Kansas City completely handed them uh, that AFC championship. If they would have had to play Buffalo, Buffalo would have beat them by 70 mm. uh, because Buffalo was flying so high. So, uh, to me, Cincinnati was a team – They yes, they improved their offensive line a little bit going into this year, but, like, everyone's gunning for you. You weren't that good. You played a really slow pace. Uh, I'm not sold on Joe Mixon uh, and anything more than a first and second down back. They never use him on third downs and people are going to have the book on Joe Burrow to me. Like everyone talks about Joe Burrow. Like he's the next Tom Brady. I don't know. I, he's not to be, could he be very good? I, to me, he's more like Matt Ryan esque. I don't see him as Tom Brady. Like, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about him? I think he, I, if the, he's the closest thing in my eyes to Tom Brady. I, I kind of compared him. If you look at Tom Brady's numbers, his first two years, and I know Joe Burrows got hurt last year, tore his ACL the year before that. But if you look at his numbers before that, they're very uh, – when Tom Brady stepped on the field, when the Jets knocked him out, you could look at the numbers, how Tom Brady got better and better every single year. I don't know. He's faster outside the pocket than Tom Brady, but I think he commands the you know the huddle – like Tom Brady, people respect him. Other teams respect what he could do on the field. So I don't know what Joe Burrow is, and I if he can win a Super Bowl in his first three or four years, uh, you know, being in the league, uh, he could shut people up and shut anybody that says that he's not as good as people think he is. But it's interesting that you say that. The, the team that I think is going to take steps back, like I said to Connor, is Buffalo. I There's just something, I, I mean, losing – uh, their their offensive coordinator, a guy that really developed Josh Allen's talent for what he is today. I Josh Allen doesn't have somebody to lean on anymore. He's got to take the, the bull by its horn. I don't know if he can. And they lost a lot of veterans defensively this year. I know they brought Von Miller. They overpaid for Von Miller. And Von Miller, the last two seasons, have not been 100% healthy. So you're paying a guy... Uh, guaranteed, what, $56, $60 million guaranteed, hurt your salary cap for the next offseason when there are better free agents, where you put yourself in a situation that if you're not as good as you were last year, you're taking six steps back instead of two steps back because you're becoming an older team. And you can look at the NFL, and every year it's it's so cyclical, where half the teams that made the playoff one year don't make it the next year. You can just look at the AFC right now. I could make a great case for – you know, four or five teams that didn't make the playoffs last year that they could absolutely make it this year. Indianapolis, massive upgraded quarterback, very good defense. Miami added Tyree Kill, another year of two healthy. The Chargers, Chargers should have been in the playoffs yep. last year. Remember that debacle with uh, with the Raiders and they, you know, their run tied. defense being god awful. Yes. Yeah. So what did they? Raiders do? and the Texans. Remember that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. The Chargers getting blown up by the Texans. The Texans game let's, was horrible. Brian, let's not forget about the biggest one. The Chargers going for it on fourth and one at their own twenty-two yard oh, line. <laughs> that game was so awesome. I mean, God, I sat there. I think it was a Monday nighter, right? Oh, and uh, I just horrible. sat there. I'm like, I'm gonna have to get another beer. It was this the, it was the last game of the season, like the last Sunday night yeah. game of the season. The Sunday night playoffs. So spot. great. Yeah. But I mean, look, they go out and. Uh, added, uh, they added Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. You know, they're and they're just loaded in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Baltimore, you know, Baltimore is a team always loaded on defense. I think Lamar Jackson has a resurgent year, and they're just going to go back to what they want to do, and they're going to pound the football. 
Denver mm-hmm. last year was seven and ten. Mm-hmm. Denver might be the most improved team in the AFC. They had Russell Wilson. That defense is still loaded. So I mean, that's just the AFC we're talking about, guys. That's where I think looking at Cincinnati, what a hard path to try to make it back. Mm-hmm. And that division isn't great because Pittsburgh's going to be down a little bit this year. We'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson and Cleveland, but that it's just a gauntlet to try to get out of the AFC versus the NFC. So, that's why so you're thinking maybe of the five teams out of the Bengals, the Titans, you said the Raiders, the Steelers, and what, the Patriots, you think, are the last one out of the playoff teams that made it last oh, year? Oh, yeah. yeah, Pittsburgh, they stink. They're not yeah. going to make it. Pittsburgh's going to win, you know, six games this year with that quarterback situation. New England, I think will – I think New England could win their division again. You, I never count I out I think New they England. are winning the division this year. I don't think Buffalo's winning the division this year. I don't. I don't. So Buffalo and New England will make it. Tennessee, no. I think Indianapolis wins that division. I think the only team that comes out of the AFC East is the Patriots. I this is something tells me this Buffalo team is not going to be the same team they were the year before. I, I I love Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen has become a fantastic talent in this league. But when you lose a guy like Dable, who he really changed your throwing motion, he really was the the personality on off the field for that Buffalo Bills team. It wasn't the head coach. It wasn't the defensive. Co- it was him. Dable was the personality. And I, I, I think now that Dable's with the Giants, I think it's going to affect. It might help Daniel Jones. Who knows? But uh, I, I, I think they're going to take steps back. I, and again, the Chargers, they're good on paper. So were Cleveland last year. What happened to Cleveland? I mean, come on. Uh, you just don't know when you look on paper and say, oh, that team's got some talent. You can have the most talent in the world. If it doesn't mesh and it doesn't work, it, it, it's, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. So uh, it, it's so – and I feel bad as a Jet fan because the Jets are finally getting good and, and they're finally doing the right thing in the draft and doing everything. But the AFC is so massively hard. Even if they yeah. win nine or ten games, that doesn't guarantee you a playoff spot. Even though I don't think they're going to win nine or ten games, I expect the Jets in a good year win eight games this year, and then next year will be the breakout year where the Jets are going to be fun and explosive to watch. But I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm scared to see what the AFC is going to be this year because it looks like on paper it's scary. Speaking of on paper, Carl says, I can look on paper and tell you the Bears will be bad. Yes. Oh, the Bears. That, their offensive line is so, so bad. feel so bad for Justin Fields, man. I, well, oh, hey, he's got uh, Nikhil Harry now. Ooh, hey. Bro. The great Ooh. receiving core of Nikhil Harry, Van Valis Jones, and Darnell Mooney. I like Darnell Mooney, though. I think he's a good Do player. Do they want Jalen Rager? You can have him, too. <laughs> yeah. want Jalen Rager. Uh, we'll, we'll give you all the third-tier wide receivers. We'll give you Denzel Mims. Enjoy. I mean, seriously. Yes, Jalen Rager is literally the Eagles equivalent right now. There are some bad teams in the NFC. When you look at Mm -hmm. Washington's going to be bad. Seattle's going to be possibly the worst team in the NFC with those two quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Atlanta. Nobody trusts Atlanta with Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter at quarterback. The Bears suck. Uh, you know the Giants. Who knows what you get out of them? Detroit. Maybe Detroit goes from they could improve one to uh, (laughs) to five and twelve. You know, but a team I can't get my wrap my head around, guys. I'd love your opinion on this. The New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. Everybody that I listen to is like, "Oh, the Saints. They're a playoff team. They're a perennial Super Bowl team." And I look and I go, "Jameis Winston is their quarterback. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about here?" Well, if you like, want crabs, yeah. you know, <laughs> he could steal you a couple of those. Maybe yeah, buy you a couple. And you know, they're they're they've lost. Their safety in Marcus Davenport, right? Or um, no, not Marcus, Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams. Marcus him. Davenport's the pass rusher. <laughs> yes, and uh, so they, you lose your great safety, and you got Jameis Williams out there. We don't know anything 
about Michael Thomas. Nope. And you've got uh, – so now you're saying, okay, Chris Olave, oh, a rookie who gives you uh, – you know, he's not a physical receiver at all. He's a total finesse guy out there. Skinny as hell, Jarvis too. Landry. I mean, did you ever look at Olave's legs? I mean, seriously. Now, everybody was talking about that with Smith when he was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. He, yeah. But he, he, he's a fantastic route runner. This guy, Olave, he's just a go out, go deep. Somebody smashes him into – he's done. He, he looks – it looks like toothpicks. I can use his legs for toothpicks. He reminds me a lot of Deshaun Jackson, but not as fast. No. I don't think he's that level of a deep threat, though, either. No. He was always I, thought of more of as a to like, shorter Give us like Greg Cosell break him down. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it, people are saying, oh, Alave, I like him. He's the number one guy in the class. And, and I respect what Greg says a lot. And he's just like, what are you guys talking about? You know, he's like, he's like the guy gives you, uh, you know, nothing physicality-wise. It's, you know, he's not going to win off the line. So really, are you going to play him on the outside? But now you've got Jarvis Landry and you got Michael Thomas. You got all these guys you need to play in the slot. Uh, if you got a guy who can't win off the line, we saw that last year with Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. The great thing about AJ Brown coming to Philadelphia is because mm-hmm. it moves Devonta Smith off the ball because Devonta Smith can't win in man uh, man to man coverage. He's too small. I mean, what are you going to do? The guy weighs 160 pounds basically <laughs> out there trying to get off press man. The, e- the Eagles need to put him in a bunch of like bunch formations. Like have one big guy and then the quick Devonte Smith. All right, that, right there. They complement each other well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, their whole offense is going to be just running play action RPO slants to AJ Brown uh, all day long. That's that's the name of the game. What you saw in Tennessee, that, the offense is not going to be that different from what you saw in Tennessee. I agree with you. We are talking to Pro Football Focus, Sirius XM, Fantasy Football Radio Show host Brian Drake. Well, we've kept him on a long time, and we're happy to have him. He can stay on the whole show if he wants. By the way, Carl says, Crab Leg Winston, he got his LASIK surgery, guys, and he can see. Wonderful. Is that going to make him a better quarterback? Is that going to make them the last NFC playoff team? We'll say. I, I, I will <laughs> say this. probably their ceiling. I will say this about the Saints. On paper, they're still a very good team. They have Jarvis Landry. They've got weapons. I don't know who their quarterback is. Uh, very intriguing to see where they're going to be with a new coach. Right. They don't have their... Uh, you know, their top-end coach, who I believe will Sean Payton will be coaching the Cowboys next year. I expect that to happen, uh, but especially with the season they're going to have this year. Um, I just think it's it, it, there's no guarantees in the NFC. And in the AFC, everybody expects the AFC – the West, right? With the the, San, the San Diego, right? Yep, it's West. The, Everybody thinks that uh, I say San Diego all the time. The L.A. I do, too. I yeah, do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that division is, is supposed to be the fun division, the most explosive division. Mark my words, and I'm going to say it again. Two of those teams are going to have terrible seasons, and we're going to sit here going in at, at the end of the year and saying, I thought that team was going to be that good. And they, oh, yeah. on paper, with, you know, what Russell Wilson did over there, you know, with Seattle or Justin Herbert with the talent he has or, or uh, Derek Carr having uh, Adams there, something's going to happen. Or Patrick, Patrick Mahomes losing Tyreek Hill. Something's going to happen to two of those teams that are just going to just completely knock them out of the, the grid of making the playoffs. And we're going to be sitting there and saying, what the hell happened? That's what I think is going to happen. I, I believe it. I do believe it. See, see, Brian, there's an easier way to mix up not having to say San Diego and L.A. Chargers. You just do what I do and call them the least clutch team in football. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I care. Mean... I don't care about the clutch. Talent sells everything, and we've, we've seen that. Does talent make you win? No, but you have the talent. It's like we don't know what Sauce Gardner is going to be. Now, on paper, 
Sauce Gardner was a shutdown uh, corner. Everybody says is is the next Darrell Rivas, the next Deion Sanders. But he's got to do it on the field. He's got to prove it on the field. Just because he was that in, in college football playing for Cincinnati doesn't mean that he's going to go against men and do the same thing against men. So he, you got to put up or shut up. And if you don't do it, well, then you're taking, you know, you're going to be five years trying to find that other trying to find that that guy, another guy to fill in that position. So that's football. That's sports. You, there's no guarantees. I want to just plug my podcast. Go ahead, man. Uh, well, no, my podcast co-host, Dwayne McFarlane mm-hmm. uh, from Pro Football Focus, did an incredible article about uh, what he calls the Super Stack 12. And it's so what he did is he went to like the Las Vegas Superbook and he looked at uh, 92% of the game totals at or above 50, uh, 50 points this season belong to 10 teams, right? Mm-hmm. It's the Chiefs, Rams, Chargers, Bucks, Cardinals, Bills, Raiders, Cowboys, Packers, Bengals. The AFC West has three of the teams projected at 10 wins or more. The Raiders are at eight and a half. Nobody else has a more wins over, uh, has anybody over 10. So, and the AFC West and the NFC West play each other this year. That accounts for 56% wow. of all the 50-point contests uh, and si- 61% of the 10-win team matchups. So basically, like, it, long story short, in fantasy, it, you want to target teams from the AFC West and the NFC West. Because, again, in fantasy, I don't care who wins, but it's going right. to be a shootout because these offenses, these quarterbacks, you have to, you're going to have to score – 30 to win each week. And that's mm-hmm. why the Superbook has all these 50-point totals. Uh, so it, it's a really interesting way to observe fantasy football uh, for 2022. Because the worst thing in the world to do is come out of your draft, guys. And all of a sudden, you look, you're like, hey, look, now I got a guy on the Jets. I, <laughs> no offense to the Jets. No, but, like, you know, now you're looking, you're like, okay, I got, I got Brees Hall. And then I've got, you know, a guy, I got a Monroe St. Brown from the Lions <laughs> and I got a guy from the Jaguars and I, I and all of a sudden you got all these crappy teams. It's like, just model your teams after the teams that are going to score a lot of points. Mm. It sounds so simplistic, but we forget it in fantasy all the time. Just where's a good quarterback, follow him and draft <laughs> a, as te- well. a team that'll play in shootouts. Actually, it's funny you brought that up because my my family league, my, one of my uncles had that philosophy all the time with Drew Brees when the Saints had those god-awful defenses. Oh, the Saints will be passing mm-hmm. a lot to, because they're they're going to be either down or they're going to be in shootouts. So they always draft the Drew Brees every year because of that. Yeah, no question about it. Drew Brees, unbelievable for fantasy. And I, I, I'm looking at the NFC right now. Another team, I want to get your take on these guys. Mm-hmm. The Green Bay Packers, <laughs> right? Last year, obviously, number one seed. They were 13-4. and four. Mm-hmm. You lose Devontae Adams. They have literally nothing at wide receiver right now. You've got Alan Lazard. You've got Christian Watson. You've got this another rookie, Romeo Dubes. I mean, who are we throwing? Oh, Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins isn't going to save him. I, I, you know, like to me, looking at that team, I go, "There's no way in the world, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, he can pull that team and, and be 13 and four again." There's no way. No. I think they make the playoffs. I, I do. They're the best team in that division still. I mean, Aaron is a transitional player. And and just because on paper those players don't really stand out, like, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is going to have his best season this year because Aaron Rodgers Probably. is going to be throwing him the ball. What, per six games he plays? Whatever. If he stays play on the field. Week one. Yeah. Sammy always blows up week one. That's true. <laughs> Draft him, play him week one, drop his ass. Best DFS player. If he can one. stay healthy, Sammy Watkins is going to have a breakout season. I, mark my words, he has over 1,200 yards this year with, with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball because – 
Aaron Rodgers is that good of a quarterback. I, I don't as great as Tom Brady is, as great as Patrick Mahomes and all these guys, Justin Herbert. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that could step on the field every single week, no matter who is on the field playing with him. He makes it look so easy, and it, mm-hmm. it's 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 remarkable how good he really is. And this is not not blowing in and kissing Aaron Rodgers is kissing his ass. I just I think there's just something about him that just makes him special. We saw that in you know all the great quarterbacks of our our, our time, Joe Montana. Yeah, Joe Montana had weapons. He had great players and stuff like that. But there was just something about him. Steve Young, something about him. John Elway, something about him. You know, Tom Brady, something about him. You know, and and there's just something. Drew Brees and Peyton Manning. There's something about this guy that just stands out from all the rest. And that's why I I just think that it don't matter who he's throwing to. It really does. You can you can have the donut man. I mean, time to make the donuts on the field. Or you can have the, you know, uh, you know, I the ice cream and what do they call Mr. Softy? Have him on the field. I, he's going to find a way to score. They're going to find a way to score and win. That's just who he is. And they have a very good running game. Dylan's there and um Aaron's there. Who I don't like. I but, know you don't. <laughs> but they're good dynamic running running team. So, they'll be good. I, 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 that division stinks. Okay? Yeah, I, I kind of see them more as like a they're going to be a different type of team, but they're still going to win the division type. They'll team. win eleven games. I think that's what I'm thinking too. They'll be eleven games, maybe a three seed, but they're going to be a little different. They're going to be more of a running tight end, I think, oriented offense. More, more of what Lafleur did in Tennessee, more than you saw the wide receiver, three wide receiver sets that they used to do a lot when McCarthy was there, and even the coach, even the coaching staffs, the coordinators after that, where they made that kind of thing work with the three wide receivers when they had more depth and the defense is still going to be very strong too look how good they were last year with all those injuries mm-hmm. yeah no question about it this secondary is better too this year so. yeah i'm curious about it we stay in that same division i've been on record and i said the number one running back in fantasy this year is going to be dalvin cook i can mm-hmm. believe that yeah if dalvin cook stays healthy and you can say <laughs> that about every running back in fantasy but it's true i we just we're doing the scott fishbowl right now if you guys are into that in fantasy it's like the biggest I know what it is. I see. I see, I follow most of the guys. So like, oh, I got my invite this year. Yeah. So I went and I took Christian McCaffrey was my first pick. But okay. I still think just Delvin Cook, this new offense. We're gonna get out of the Stone Age with Mike Zimmer, and now we're gonna use Delvin Cook out of the backfield even more. I think we're you know you're gonna be eleven personnel more. You're gonna have the three wide receivers on the field. KJ Osborne, nice super deep sleeper for folks out there. Oh yeah. Be playing in the slot. And I just love Delvin Cook this year. And I think if you can get him into the first round, early second, maybe pair him with C.D. Lamb, like that's how you win in fantasy football. All the hype is all Jonathan Taylor this year. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to talk Jonathan Taylor until they're blue in the face. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like only one person's going to get Jonathan Taylor. you got to have a plan B mm-hmm. <laughs> for your draft. If you're drafting, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, you got to mm-hmm. pick somebody else. Jonathan Taylor ain't going to be there. So my recommendation to folks – is uh, Delvin Cook this year? I just I love what he does. He's with the been ball for the last three years in my big drafts. Delvin Cook has been my number one pick, and mm-hmm. every year he looks great the first five or six games, and then he gets hurt and he it screws. Basically, the last two up. seasons he only missed two games, so he's getting a little better. Yeah, so. but when he came back from those injuries, he wasn't the same player. You know, he plays a, through a lot of injuries. He comes out. I remember last year he's playing. You're wondering, like, is he going to play through the game? Mm-hmm. Is Madison going to play? He's working. You know, he's always got some ankles, some soft tissue injury. Um, 
So, yeah, we'll see. But that's every running back on their guys. I trust it's, the modern it's... offense to make it more. They were stuck in so, with so many bad The only guy that doesn't really years. get hurt until last year is Derrick Henry. And that's the guy, mm-hmm. if you're drafting in the first round and you have a chance to draft him, you know Derrick Henry is going to get the beast. He's going to get them the, 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 the touches. He's going to get the, the yardage. He's the guy you're going to draft. And if, if you're getting a number one pick, you draft Derrick Henry, that's almost a guarantee that he's going to get you – 1,200 yards and 10, 10 touchdowns. Speaking of, uh, speaking of like top five area picks, where do you stand on Austin Eckler? Because a lot of people loved him last year, and he, it was worth the value of where he went like in the late first round last year. And I kind of had him in that top three area, but also they drafted Isaiah Spiller. So where do you stand on him? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, people say every year, oh, they're going to find a big back to take carries off of Austin Eckler. And when you look at Austin Eckler, what does it come down to with him? The guy scores touchdowns. And if he doesn't have the nose for the end zone that he had last year, you know, when he had 12 touchdowns, I mean, then he's not going to pay off for you. Touchdowns are so, so fluky. Yes. So Austin Eckler's a guy I love because he does what you want your running back to do. And it's catch passes out of the backfield. The guy had 70 receptions last year. So anytime you get a running back who's going to get damn near 100 targets, you're all about it. But is he going to have 20 total touchdowns again? Probably not. Uh, but. You know, if you're playing for upside and you can get Austin Eckler, you know, fifth overall, uh, to me, that that's where you're in that ballpark. Do I want Austin Eckler? Do I want Delvin Cook? Mm. Do I want Derrick Henry? You know, in the, in the ballpark there. Austin Eckler, I think the reason you give him the nod, though, is just because the the chance for him to catch all those passes, especially if you're in a PPR league. But there's no way in the world he scores 20 touchdowns again. There's just no way. Mm. Uh, Errol and I are in one of the, one of the leagues that's uh, with one of his friends, and my team I, I had so many good running backs. I literally the worst team. It was Eckler, Swift, and Chubb, and I was literally the worst team. Not the worst team, the second worst team because I had just drafted such horrible wide receivers. So if you needed a, t- a team of great running backs and not ha- know how to manage anything else, that would be mine. Um, they always say the draft, uh, you know, your first two rounds draft running backs because they go fast. So and, and and if you don't have a running back, you don't win. Because that's that's fantasy. You saved saved the beef of that last year when he wanted to draft Mahomes. (laughs) If you're in a full PPR league, uh, you want a running back who's going to catch passes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You still can win taking a wide receiver in the first round. You know, you can win taking Justin Jefferson in the middle of your first round. You can win with Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase if you take him in the first round. Even if you want to take Travis Kelsey, who I think is going to have a dynamic year because there's no uh, Tyreek Hill anymore in that offense. But you know, you're just you know, the injuries and the flukiness of the touchdowns. You look at, let go back to Austin Eckler last year, or the, the year prior. Yes, he got hurt. He only played in 10 games. He had three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, the year before that, he had, he had 11 total touchdowns. But you can't count on a 20-touchdown season. It's very James Conner-ish. Mm-hmm. From, uh, you know, you look at James Conner and you say, and I'm a big James Conner guy. If you follow me on Twitter at Drake Fantasy, I've been pumping James Conner up, you know, all offseason. The reason I like James Conner, He's going to get a role in the pass game this year because Chase Edmonds is out of town. And those are the high value touches in fantasy football. They're worth, you know, I, I, somebody did a, a great stat on, I'm not nerdy enough to know it, but every <laughs> target is worth like 1.5 uh, carries in fantasy football. So just remember that folks, when you're looking at a running back in your league, think to yourself, does he play on third down? Does he catch passes? If the answer to that is no, don't draft that guy. <laughs> you know, let me let me ask you Errol, about Brees Hall here because I'm going to be coming up in the Scott Fishbowl. Mm-hmm. Brees Hall is going to be on the board. The Jets traded up, made him the highest selected running back in the history of the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Right? 
there's no way they come out and split carries with him and Michael Carter uh, to start the season, right? But that that's always what happens is we see, the, oh, we're going to give this guy give him time to get his feet underneath them and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I want Brees Hall to be freaking LaDainian Tomlinson from day one. I think Brees Hall is going to get the majority of the touches. They're going to have a three-headed monster. They, they still have uh, – What's his name? Again? Coleman. Yeah, Coleman's still there. He's going to be the veteran guy that's going to help these guys grow. Michael Carter had a very good second half of the season before he got hurt. He started figuring things out. I saw him see the field a little bit differently. Michael Carter is a good player. I think he's going to be that 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 catch back that's going to catch the ball. I think Brees Hall is going to be the beast. He's going to be running the rock, and that's what he's going to be doing. He can catch the ball behind the field. But I believe Brees Hall, one way or another, if it's not the beginning of this year, by the end of the year, he will get the majority of the touches. But Michael Carter is going to still be touching the ball at least 15, 16. They're going to be a run first, run second, throw third type of team. As we know what Shanahan likes to do and McVay likes to do, it's run, 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 then throw. Run, 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 then throw. Open up the play action. That's what they do. And if the Jets are successful this year offensively, they're going to have to run the ball efficiently. And they have two good young backs that could turn out to be uh, breakout backs for you know fantasy and for the New York Jets. I want to see Zach Wilson get the ball to these wide or to these running backs mm-hmm. in space because you know you can look at Michael Carter and the receptions he had last year and Ty Johnson and all those guys, but those weren't games that Zach Wilson was playing. That's when they had you know whatever bum off the street. The, they could find that. Mike White and Josh Johnson. <laughs> you know, and, and that's really, those were the guys that were getting the ball uh, to the running backs. Uh, you know, and I, I think Michael Carter, I'm trying to look it up as we speak here, but he had some game. It was just out of control. What was that guy's name? Their running, uh, their quarterback they brought in. Mike White uh, Mike was White. one. Mike and White. then Josh Johnson was another. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, White, I guess. It was uh, White, uh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he looked great. Remember for like a game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, against like, the Bengals. The Bengals. <laughs> yeah. He might be the guy. Like, mm-hmm. this might be a quarterback controversy Jeff here in New York. Fans, and then man. what always happens with these backup quarterbacks, they have to play a second week and they look like absolute trash. When yeah. There's that a, again, any <laughs> speck of film on them. That again, that is the ideal emotional letdown game after the Bengals had that big blowout, like 49 to 10 win against the Ravens the week before. And Wink Martindale and Joe Burrow, that whole trash talk feud. And then the Bengals are the ultimate letdown game lose against the Jets. Mm. Oh my God. I remember, how did, I'm not rubbing salt in the wounds here, but it had to be insane that Bucks Jets game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When the Jets had the lead and then Brady brings them all the way back at the end. But you know what that showed I was me? Hack- like, I was actually happy that the Jets lost. It would have hurt their draft, draft stock, guy. yes. <laughs> it was like the fourth string receiver that I don't even remember his name that caught the winning touchdown. <laughs> you know what it is? Is it, I've always been of the mindset, if we're not going to win the Super Bowl, I want the first damn pick. Mm. Like, I, There's no in between. I don't want to have the 12th pick in the draft. Like that, That's not helping me. Like Be terrible or be great. There's no gray area in the NFL. I think that the game is completely transitioned into that, that it, it, either you're going to be good or, or you're going to be bad. And that's that's football. It, there's no mediocre. I, I think this year we're going to see uh, nine teams, ten teams that are absolutely horrible. And then they'll be there will be the rest of the teams will be good. But they're so in the AFC, everybody's going to be everybody's so talented it doesn't matter. I will say, I'll tell you this. I will bet you that a 10 win team will not make the playoffs this year. Ooh. I will bet you a 10 win team doesn't make the playoffs this year. That's how good oh. the AFC is going to be. Oh, for sure. I mean, we, there was, I think, three last year that didn't. Mm-hmm. 
I, uh, I, when you look at it. What helped the Steelers get in? The tie. Mm-hmm. People, yes. the fans are always upset when there's a tie. Ties are fantastic. It's better than a loss <laughs> because fans don't realize, like, you know, when you look at these, uh, the schedule that goes by your losses, that's mm-hmm. what goes against you, and a tie is not a loss. So that that's what helped. Well, that's what helped the Steelers too. Is they yeah, like they the didn't Steelers have they didn't playoff. have that bad loss or those like bad stretch like the Ravens and the Browns did late in the season, and the Chargers had the tie, the the loss and the collapse the way they did at the end of the season. The Steelers never had that bad loss anywhere. So uh, Snug says, "Hmm, who knew Speedy wore Broncos panties?" I guess that means why because I picked them as my last playoff team last year. I guess that means Errol wears Jets thongs. <laughs> yes, I picked them as my last playoff team last year because I didn't trust. I didn't trust the Colts, and nobody saw the Bengals. Coming. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If you buy me a Jets thong, I'll wear it live on this radio show, and I'll show you <laughs> that I'm wearing it. I could care less, honestly. I'll wear a Jets thong on my forehead. It doesn't even matter. If it helps the Jets win, that's all that matters to me. I'll go out to a Jets game in the pure winter wearing a Jets thong all game long if it helps the Jets get into the playoffs, okay? There you go. I, don't I, 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 well, I misspoke. Three nine-win teams right. did, not make, uh, did not make the playoffs. I, I expect AFC. Baltimore – I expect Baltimore with a, a, a contract year for Lamar Jackson and with the talent that they added in the offseason with the draft and free agency, I expect them to be a very hard team to beat. They win the division hands down in the North. Hands yeah, down. They were so injured last year. Mm-hmm. And still won eight games. But mm-hmm. like I said, yeah, Lamar's playing for a contract. It's ludicrous that they're going into this final year here without a contract. Well, because he's his own agent. If he had a real agent. Lamar Jackson signed, and it, it's over with. But Lamar, he, he's got a problem with social media. He, this has been his problem uh, going into the offseason. After the playoffs, he, he, he said what he said, and, and he, you know he did that video thing. I forget the video thing he po- po- posted up with the fan. It embarrassed him. It, he, he, the problem with Lamar Jackson is he's so caught up with the social media. These athletes need to step away from that. And just be, you know, do what you have to do to get get your contracts. Because to me, an athlete can make as much as they want. I don't care. Football players, it should be guaranteed money. The NBA, it's ridiculous how much. Do you know? I don't know if you know this. The lowest paid NBA player on a 14-team roster is making almost $3 million. The NBA is crazy. When I hear these Woj bombs and they're like, hey, you know, they make up a name. And this guy just signed for... Two hundred million dollars the NBA. I'm like, that's not even a real person, <laughs> you know. Like, that's a character from Arrested Development. Like, that's it's not real. And but man, teach your kids to shoot. I'm telling you, put a hoop up in the yard because those guys get paid. Holy smokes! I'm looking down at the contracts right now. Of uh, uh, this is total value of contract, and I'm trying to find Lamar Jackson. 35th overall. Again, that's because he's playing on the final year of his contract and he was the last pick in the first round. His total contract value, he's only made $9 million is a total contract. Tyrod Taylor has a bigger contract than he does as the backup quarterback for the Giants. Jordan Love's contract is bigger. It's unbelievable. Like, buddy, you better sign. And it just, it's very simple. Take Dak's contract, $160 million, you know, and, and say, that's what I want to get. And guarantee it. Give him $130 million guaranteed. You want to jack it up a little bit. You, no one's going to give you Deshaun Watson money. That was a ridiculous contract. Mm-hmm. 
but you want to be between Dak and Josh Allen. Say, all right, give me 130 million guaranteed rock and roll. Let's go. Uh, it should be case closed. Go start counting your money. <laughs> I want to go back to what you were saying about the 10 win teams that missed the playoffs. The worst one I feel bad for is the 2007 Browns. Just when they thought they finally going to make it, they lose on a tiebreaker to the Steelers and they, they missed the playoffs. And there were also four teams in the AFC South that had all the 10 win seasons as well. And then the other one too, I don't know if you remember this because you being an Eagles fan, this was like a close race with, with them and the Giants. The Giants and the Buccaneers both missed the playoffs at 10 and 6 and the Eagles just barely went out of the division because they won the game late in the season. Uh, against the Giants, and then the Packers make the last wild card spot and end up winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's people never remember like the seed or anything when it, when it comes to the NFL playoffs. Everyone just looks back like, oh yeah, Cincinnati, they were in it, and blah, blah, blah. like okay, they, they were ten and seven, they were okay, there were nothing special, uh, you know. And they got hot and they won a couple of games, but you know, well, we'll see what happens this year. The NFL is just so so crazy, and that's why we love it because it's. You know, 17 weeks of madness and uh, it was 17 games, 18 weeks. Uh, I just I love it. So I'm so excited. The training camps were around the corner and fantasy drafts are getting going and we can finally get some real news in the NFL because Lord knows it's the deadest time of the year for NFL news. I mean, you're, people are pulling up, you know, quotes on RotoWire from, you know, just random bloggers like, oh, this guy's a source and he knows the inside scoop on Deshaun Watson. Like, no, he doesn't. Just stop. No, the guy that said today was a Cleveland guy, so I don't know how much you go into that. Yeah, it's just that whole situation is crazy. I, my my take on that, I, l- let's get the uh, the guesses from you guys. How many games is Deshaun Watson Six, suspended? Ten. Six? Six. I have okay. ten. My guess was 12. Okay. The initial, I would say they're going to come out and say 12, and then it gets bargained down to eight to ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think six to eight. That's where I think he's going to be. I, I can't see them giving any more, especially when there's no uh, there's no proof that he really even did anything except the three girls that he admitted to, which two out of them, two out of the three, he has text messages showing that these girls actually wanted, and one of them that he had sex with supposedly wanted to date him. So it, it's like... There's nothing, and that's why he settled with those other girls, even though everybody says, why did he settle? Because he, he just wants this over with. He wants to move on. I, I, I think that a lot of these girls smelt money. The guy got a big, huge contract, and they just wanted to, they wanted to cash in on it. And that, that's understandable. I, I, that's anybody in this world. It's, it's the world, the way the world mar- works, especially the way the economy is and the way the market is right now. Uh, everybody's trying to look for free money, and that's why everybody's suing. I think deep down, he's a super horny dude mm-hmm. that was creeping on chicks on Instagram. Like, if you're a guy who's, you know, young, you're you know, 25 years old or whatever Deshaun Watson is, and your body is your temple, you don't go out and hire rando chicks on Instagram <laughs> to give you massages when you can have the best professional masseuses give you massages. Did and, you and, even you know, see the girls that were massaging him? Most of them were hideous. I mean, maybe that's his thing. I, I, mean, I mean, but look at his woman. Look at his girlfriend. She's gorgeous. I mean, it doesn't maybe, make sense. Maybe that's his cover. It doesn't make any sense. None of it. By the way, the Yankees are down. Uh, Holmes, uh, you know, oh, for no. the first time, for the first time, I saw Holmes. Uh, you know, gave up uh, extra runs. And uh, cost the Yankees possibly a game. They're down yeah, they're four three, three. Nothing entering the inning, and I guess they must. They're, they're down four three now. I, I saw it was three down four two. three. Wow, wow. I guess I mean, was... Like Chapman's cooked. I remember watching him earlier this season. I've always got this kind of spidey sense. I can see guys 
once. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I immediately I know. I'm just like, nah, either a guy's great, he stinks, whatever. And I remember watching Chapman earlier this year. I'm like, he's done. Mm-hmm. The guy, he's, he's totally cooked. I mean, they'll, they'll keep him around and maybe see what you can get for him at the deadline. But what do you do with this guy? You mm-hmm. don't want to put him in the game in the playoffs. No, and, and and the way the Yankees have played over the weekend, they had two games that they should have beaten the Red Sox. Uh, they were up on Saturday going into seventh inning. Their bullpen choked. Then in, on Sunday, their bullpen choked. Well, their starting pitcher, to, uh, um, Tyone. Tyone, was up like 6-3 to three or 6-2, to two, choked and, and let the Red Sox get back in, and they beat him in extra innings. And now you have the Yankees again, the bullpen that's been so dominant throughout the year. And I, we expected this. Anybody that thought the Yankees were just going to go flow right through, I knew they were going to go on a skid where they were going to lose three, four, five games. You know what I mean? Uh, they're just too good of a team where they're, they're not going to be able to figure this out. So I, I just, They'll win the division by six games. That's they're what not I think. They're going to win by 15. No, I don't think so either. I, I think they'll win the division by six or seven games. I think that's where they'll be. But uh, I expect the Yankees to make some moves. And now that Aaron Hicks could be out. Now tonight, I heard he got hurt. Uh, somebody was saying that he could have broke his leg. Oh, and, wow. You know, mm-hmm. he could be out. But but the Yankees are already looking for, you know, yeah. outfield help. I've been hearing Andrew Benetini. So uh, that's been a guy that they've been talking about before the season even started. So uh, I expect the Yankees to make a couple of moves. And, and Brian Cashman, say whatever you want about the guy. Uh, he's weighed out his welcome and all this other stuff. The guy is a GM. Uh, he, you could put him in football. You could put him in hockey. The man knows how to win, okay? And that's that's all you got to say about him. 30 straight winning seasons. Longest streak in in any professional history. They haven't lo- they haven't had a lose- losing season since 1992. Maybe the Browns can invite him to the front office like they did with those other baseball people 2 years it's ago. Crazy. 1992 was that last losing season. It's 2022 now. That is crazy. Okay, so say whatever you want about Brian Cashman that he's he doesn't know this, he doesn't it's not easy to win championships. There's there's no doubt about it. It's not. But winning five out of thirty years, I mean he wasn't the G, he was the GM in ninety I think ninety eight was ninety eight. So yeah. he but he was the assistant vice president. Yeah, he was GM. on the staff before yeah, that. He was Long on, before that. Yeah, yeah. So he still won five and he was a big part of those championships. So I'm I'm tired of sitting here and listening to the garbage that you hear. It's it's just it's garbage and 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 now I'm hearing that if the Yankees don't win the World Series this year the way they're playing this year then it's a complete catastrophe. How how could you say that? There's no guarantees. There's nothing. It, you can have the best overall team. The Dodgers the last three years have had the best overall team. How many championships have they won? One. One. I'm watching the Aaron Hicks. We fouled a ball off his shin. Mm-hmm. It says precautionary x-rays were negative. So that's good. That's good. Aaron Judge just struck out. So it looks like uh, unless some kind of crazy thing happens, the Yankees are going to lose their third game in a row. And, and losing against Cincinnati, everybody's going to be like, you lost against Cincinnati? How could you do that? Oh, Jeff's probably going to comment on that all day. <laughs> I don't care what Jeff says. I don't care what I anybody know you don't. says. I don't really care. I just, uh, by the by, by the All Star break, the Yankees will still be twelve or thirteen games in fo- over everybody in the division. It doesn't matter, and that division is ridiculous. That is by far the best division in baseball. F- four teams is going to make the, four teams out of that division is going to make the playoffs. And the way the Orioles are playing, <laughs> they have forty I, wins already. They too. have forty wins too. They're the, they're the only division in baseball that all four teams have forty or more wins. The only the only division in baseball. Yeah, and I think they have, of the overall seeds in the American League, I think four out of the first 
six or four, uh, four out of the first seven. And then the Orioles, if you What did I them, tell you before the season started? Yeah, you said all four teams are going to make all it. All four teams now, are going to make Toronto's it. Toronto's now out at the moment but uh, because Seattle has on that hot streak they're now. Still, but, they're, they're too good. They'll but, make it. But uh, we'll see if they end up canceling each other out. But yeah, they right now have four of the top six, uh, four of the top seven overall season. I think five of the top nine overall the season. Team, and now, now all the Mets fans want to jump off the plank right now because they're playing the Braves. And they if the Braves sweep them in this series, they, they take full custody of first place. Who cares? If the, nobody thought that the Mets were going to win the division anyways. Get healthy and meet in the playoffs and then do what you're going to do. You have two, three dominant pitchers in Bassett, DeGrom, and, and Scherzer. Nobody you know, in a seven-game series is going to beat you if you have Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom pitching you on no-hit you know, no ball going into the fifth or sixth inning. If your bullpen is half-decent, which they need to add some arms, yeah. the, Mets, the Mets could go right through. Go right through all the way to the World Series with the talent they have. The problem with them is their big superstars, AK Francisco Lindor, have been complete busts. Busts. And and they're they're overpaying players that are really not producing on the field. So uh I think Steve Cohen, Uncle Stevie, whatever you want to call him, Uncle Snatch Boy or whatever the hell they call him now. I mean I mean with the women that he talks to on, on social media, who knows? Okay. The the fact the fact is is Get that bullpen help because if the Mets get a bullpen and another, you know, bat in that lineup, they're going to be uh, – I think they're going to be a dangerous team going into the playoffs. Really, it's just all about get one of those two uh, first-round buys mm. for, the, for the American League. Uh, yep. you know, be, Because, you know, if you're the Rays and the Red Sox and the Astros and all, like – I don't want to play a wild card series against any of those teams. Ask the Yankees. Look what the Red Sox did to them. Yeah. One uh, game. You want, you want that first round bye, and let's move on to the division series. Mm-hmm. It's it's so interesting with baseball. And I just think, you know, with, 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 you know, you can make a couple of trades like the Braves did at the trade deadline and completely take your team to the next level. And, and, and that's, and I expect the team to do that this year. It always happens. One team makes one or two good moves at the trade deadline that takes your team, gives you that little boost that gets you in, and you go on this run. It don't matter if you're the better team, the better pitching team, or pitching wins championships. That's not true. Because last year, the Dodgers had a world-renowned pitching staff with Max Scherzer and uh, what else? Uh, Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller. last year was yes. great. Yeah. I mean, that, that pitching staff was dominant. And what happens? They get knocked out. They didn't even go to the World Series. So mm-hmm. it, this is what this is baseball. Well, well, before we let you go, what are your thoughts to this Zach Wilson thing? I mean, it seems like everybody on social media, I've listened to podcasts, the Jet podcast that they have, and they're saying, I don't care what he does. I don't care who he sleeps with. Just play on the field. And I understand that. But the fact that if this story is true, which we don't know if it even is, but I don't if even it, know much about it. I yeah. got, I'm, I'm looking it up. I remember he's hooked up. Do you want me to tell mom? you a story? So yes, what please. happened was over the summer, um, uh, not, um, I'm sorry, not over the summer, during the season, uh, her, his family had a barbecue, okay? And Zach Wilson was drunk, and supposedly something happened at the barbecue where him and his mother's best friend – you know, had sexual relation at the party and was found out by his girlfriend and she broke up with him and then winded up dating his roommate at BYU, one of his best Wide friends. Wide receivers, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's playing for the Commanders, I think yes. it is. 
And now everybody's attacking her on social media that she froze her social media and then went to his friend who she's dating and said, uh, you go all over it, every single picture with him in it saying, I can't wait until Zach gets your girl, gets your sister or something like that. And attacking his whole family because Zach, they're, they're, they're saying that Zach Wilson was the person that, you know, should be, you know, you know, uh, I guess respected for what he did or, or whatever. I, I, I don't know. But listen, I don't know if this is a true story and if it is a true story. Why does anybody care? I mean, if anything, if I was a guy talking, you know, talking about sports and stuff on a radio show, I'd say, good job, Zach. I mean, now you get rid of that, that, that hot girlfriend of yours and concentrate on the field, not worrying about who you're dating. Now, all of a sudden, Zach Wilson's dating some Instagram model. I mean, Zach should be worried about what he's doing on the field and concentrating on the field. This, this story is only affecting where this team is going to be this year because if, the, if this team has any – thought that they're going to be a playoff contending team year in and year out. This man needs to figure it out. And if he doesn't, they're never going anywhere. And they're going to be starting from, you know, it doesn't matter how talented team, their team is, like uh, Connor Allen says, if he doesn't show up and he doesn't wake up and smell the coffee, they're going nowhere. So this Zach Wilson thing is, is who cares? If he did, good luck. Congratulations. I, I don't care how old. I, I, she could be your grandmother. I could care less who he's screwing. Go go screw a football and 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 then play football. I don't give a crap. Just go on the field and win ba- win football games and nobody's going to care about who you're sleeping with. Has anyone ever googled this Zach Wilson's mom? <laughs> like yes. Zach oh. Wilson's mom is smoking hot. Yeah, she yeah they were talking about that old draft <laughs> last year. Oh, she is she is hot. She yeah, absolutely so, hey, is hot. God bless him. This is what happens, though, when it's early July. Yeah. There's no training camp. We have nothing to talk about. Once we get with actual camp and there's things to talk about on the field, this will go away. And it's just, a, you know, some fodder for some sports media right now. It just, it's just it's bad. Period. It's so bad for the Jets. It, you, you think that the, the Jets, are going, you know, they're slowly making, you know, moves that are, are putting them – where people are talking about them and saying, like, wow, this organization is going to be good for many, many years with the way Joe Douglas is structuring it. They're one of the youngest teams in the NFL. They're, they're going to be fun to watch this year, being that Carl Lawson's back and Jermaine, jo- Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson's on the other side. And now all of a sudden this thing comes out, and now you're sitting here and saying, oh, here we go, clown football again. We're back to the Rex Ryan era with the New York Jets off on and off the field. Uh, Geno Smith getting punched out by his linebacker. I mean, and this guy scr- screwing his mother's best friend. I mean, this is not good for the Jets. Do I, yeah, he needs a. Do I think it's going to go away? Getting better at football. Yeah. I mean, you can't be completing 55% of your passes. Yeah. The, the guy threw nine touchdowns last year. I mean, mm-hmm. give me a break. You know, Joe Burrow threw, what, five or six in one game? Yeah. Last it, season, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here talking about how I'm not in love with Joe Burrow. And, and, and you know, he's got through nine touchdowns all season. So, yeah, yeah he's got a lot to live up to. I, I often call Zach Wilson my favorite Disney princess just because he's, <laughs> he's so pretty. But, uh, yeah, it's going to just come down to what can he do on the field. It's a big year in New York mm-hmm. with Daniel Jones and with Zach Wilson because mm-hmm. it's the same story with both of them. All the weapons around you are there. You've got the table set for you. You know, go make a five course meal here. I got a question you know? for you. Sure. Okay. These guys are high. All these draft picks, they're all first round picks. Everybody thinks they're going to be superstars in the league. They're talented. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 half of most of these guys, I would say, three percent become superstars and Hall of Famers, and the rest are garbage. Why is it? What is the difference? That why are these guys not succeeding in the NFL like other quarterbacks are? It doesn't make any sense. Quarterback really is just the hardest position of all of all positions to evaluate, and people are just not very good at it. And especially looking at what guys do in college, the college game is so ridiculous with the offenses and the spreads and the no huddle. And you look over and it's a guy holding up a picture of the hamburger. And, <laughs> and, and that's the offenses nowadays. And you don't have co- uh, quarterbacks who need to think uh, for themselves on the field. It's guys who then get to the league and they're like, Hey, Sean McVay, tell me what to do. Mm. Like, tell me what to uh, like, do. I love a guy like Mac Jones. I think mm. Mac Jones is going to be an outstanding pro for the Patriots. So do I. So do I. Smart kid. He's got a good arm. God forbid they ever get him a freaking weapon out there in New England, but I, I love him. It's just quarterback is so hard to figure out. I mean, look at a guy like Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz comes into the league and Jared Goff, they're one and two. Carson Wentz looks like the MVP one year. Now he's on his third team in three years. Nobody wants the guy. You know, and he's replaced by Jalen Hurts, who can't throw the football for me to you. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's such a hard position. And that's why guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers stick around for 20 years. Cherish it if you're a fan of those teams. I, I just I don't understand it. I, I've watched this game for such a long time. I've seen Tim Couch come into the league, bust. I, all these different guys, they come into the league and you think they're going to be stars. And they're just not any good. And then you got guys that teams, you know, pass up on like Aaron Rodgers for, you know, 20 picks. He goes to Green Bay. He becomes one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Tom Brady's a six-round draft pick, becomes one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And, and, and Russell Wilson's a third-round pick. He becomes one of the best quarterbacks in the league. How many times do you see lottery quarterbacks become any good? I mean, Burrow. I mean, I guess Justin Herbert. I mean, Josh Allen. I mean, there aren't many of them. There really isn't. And I would say there is, out of the last 10 years, there are more top 10 quarterback busts in the last top 10 than all uh, pro ball quarterbacks that ever play in this league. It's, it's crazy. How many in I mean, the last 10 if years? If you're going to take those guys, you've got to take them early. That's just the nature of the beast now. So if you need a quarterback, you know, it's very unlikely in this day and age you're going to get a guy even past the second round. Jalen Hurts was a second-round quarterback, and, and a lot of people say he was overdrafted. I did at the they, time, yeah. Yeah, they didn't have him on, on their draft board as a second-round pick. You don't see it anymore because everybody just elevates these guys off the board, up the board. And that's what gives me pause about guys like Malik Willis this year mm. or in the future. I know Ryan Tannehill could be out the door after this season. Yep. But Malik Willis, people pass time after time after time on him. And in a quarterback-starved league, that just doesn't happen anymore. People go up, and they're going to get a quarterback. They're going to take a shot on a guy. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking down the league here. You know, who has a high-profile quarterback? You know, Kansas City, Mahomes was uh, Mm -hmm. early to mid-first-round pick. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Deshaun uh, Watson. Derek Carr. Yeah, Watson was big-time. Mac Mac Jones. Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh, Mitch Trubisky was a highly drafted quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, guy, you could say he's a, a miss right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you want to get a quarterback, you got to get him early, but you're right. It's, it's 50, 50. And that's why so many teams are going to be in the running next year with CJ Stroud and, and Bryce young and all the talent that's coming out because you just got to keep firing at that, those lottery tickets. 
Yeah, well, 50 years for the Jets lottery, still can't find one. Don't worry, at least they're not as bad as the Bears. The Bears have never had a quarterback that's thrown 4,000 yards or 30 touchdowns in a season. I like Justin Fields a lot. Their offensive line is a joke. Their skill position players around him are a joke. If I was him, I would be super pissed because they're not helping him at all. I mean, imagine if he was in Seattle with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett Mm -hmm. and, you know, a team that – has a, a clue, even though they're playing 1940s football. Yeah, I was gonna say the most outdated offense ever, but yeah, but but still, if you put that team with Justin Fields, you'd say, eh, I think Seattle's got a shot in the NFC West. They can compete. Justin Fields would have to create like Russell Wilson did, like the first like four years of his career, the way he did. Right, but in Chicago, he's got no chance. I mean, they've got you know JV players playing offensive line for them <laughs> this year. That it's going to be so bad, and that's why. Another guy I'm wary of is uh, David Montgomery in fantasy mm-hmm. drafts. He is not going to have room to go anywhere this year with that offensive line in Chicago. So buyer beware. Yeah, plus they'll be behind the games a lot, too. I can't see imagine them running the ball a lot, either. I like probably Mooney, but that's probably it for their weapons, either. I think so. Mooney's miscast, too. People say, oh, Mooney's this you know elite wide receiver one. Well, no, no I didn't say one. they don't no, have don't anybody else. I don't think you know? one though. I think I think I think he'll be like a fantasy two or something like that. But but on his own team, I mean, he's the he's one. gonna have to be, yeah. Which just, yeah. I mean, just says how terrible. By the way, the Yankees is. lost tonight. So oh my so, gosh. So the the Yankees lose a game they should have won. They were up three nothing going into the ninth <laughs> inning. All the betting people I thought they had obvious bets on that. <laughs> nope. And they lose. Sorry. So not I'm not surprised. Let, I don't care. I, I it's a, it's not gonna I'm not gonna jump off a bridge because the Yankees lost three games in a row. This is the first losing streak they've had uh, in a long time. Three yeah, games since they streak. got swept by the Tigers yeah. or something like that in the it's, beginning of the season. It's 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 crazy, but I, you expect it. But uh, yeah, the Zach Wilson thing, the Seattle thing with Jimmy G. I mean, and then could Deshaun Watson get uh, six games or less going into the season because of the, this whole debacle of craziness going on in the NFL? Uh, with these, with the, with the, what did they have? The conference or whatever they had? The, the trial. Yeah, yeah. The trial or something. But they had the NFL hearing last yeah. week. Yeah. It's, yeah, it doesn't, Goodell doesn't make the, the ruling anymore. People still think, oh, Goodell's going to come out. That's, that's not how it yeah, works. Yeah, they anymore. were saying that last week. So it's not all him anymore. Mm hmm. Uh, I, I do, before I, I, are you a hockey fan? I, I don't know anything about hockey. I, I, I wanted I know to, I wanted Rolick to ask. Was my you. great player in NHL 94 on my Sega Genesis. <laughs> Really? I, I know Jeremy personally, so I, I've met Jeremy a couple of times. I had a good hockey conversation a couple of years ago at the the, uh, the um, NHL Stanley Cup Finals I in Boston. He was there and had a really good conversation with Jeremy Roenick. A really poster nice of guy. him on my wall because I, of that game. I loved playing with the Blackhawks back then. I had a Blackhawks pullover starter jacket. <laughs> All you kids who grew up in the early 90s know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well... We really appreciate you joining us for the show. And, and I'll tell you this. We would love to get you on again and, and to co-host and come on the show again whenever you want, my friend. Well, thank you, fellas. I had a good time here, and uh, I got to go see if the kids are still awake. I told my wife, I'm just doing a bit. I'll be back in 20 minutes. I got to uh, do a quick bit on a radio show. <laughs> but, More like 80. <laughs> but, but you were great, and you gave us some good takes, and we really appreciate you, man. We really cool. do.
Thanks, fellas. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We were just talking to Pro Football Focus and Sirius XM Fantasy Football Radio Show host uh, Brian Drake, fantastic guy, uh, and gave us everything we asked him uh, and more. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> definitely perfect. A little bit of everything. Yes. Uh, we have a little hockey to talk about, you know, uh, a little bit. Yeah. Um, with, with the um, Patrick Kane situation, it seems uh, – Seems like uh, Chicago is parting ways with him. Mm-hmm. Um, what is he saying? I would agree with that sportscaster then. Oh, uh, Ben is saying, uh, Carl, uh, Carl can't remember what sportscaster it was, but they picked Vikings, Packers, Lions, Bears as the NFC North standings for the upcoming season. Mm. I like the Vikings. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I don't know about them winning the division, though. They still have a lot of question marks on defense. No, I think Green Bay wins the play. The, That's the, what I'm thinking. That division. I think the that Vikings make too- wild card, but I don't think the Packers. That division's too bad. I yeah. mean, even the Vi- I don't think the Vikings make the Plus. I think they do. I, I I like the the new fit with the that coach over there with uh, O'Connell with that offense. Like Brian was saying, like their offense was just so like six seven teams make it, right? Seven teams make it. I think they could be one, like, like the second or third wild card team. Because I, I don't because there's a lot of question marks. Like Brian was saying, a lot of the good divisions are playing each San other. San Francisco, so the Rams, around. I think. Yeah, that's what um, I have too. Tampa. Yeah, I have um, Tampa, Philly, and I would say Green Bay. And then it, it's a question mark after that. You could say the Saints, you, maybe Arizona. There's, there's Arizona, a couple, definitely Arizona. It's just a matter of definitely Arizona. how they can overcome with the Hopkins suspension, though, is a question mark. And uh, they're holding, that schedule's really hard for them. they got to play the AFC West, too. That could be... They'll be fine. And and then the other the only other one maybe is the Saints, but I, I don't. I think don't think the Saints. I can't, I can't so, trust right, Jameis so you, or him. All right, so if it, all right, if it's Arizona, I could probably say that's that's fair. But then then you got the Vikings as the last team then. That, uh, that no, case. I wouldn't take the Vikings. Okay, that's um, right. And someone from the NFC East, then you're thinking. Well, I I do like I do like Washington this okay. year. That's fair. I do. I think Washington's going to be a lot better than people think they're going to be this year, and that and they have a very easy schedule too. And and they added another wide receiver uh, for a weapon, so uh, inter- it's very interesting. What is Jeff saying? Nikhil Jeff Harry. says Nikhil Harry traded to the Bears. Fun stat: Viking center James uh, Garrett Bradbury had twenty four yards after the catch last year. Nikhil Harry had 25 yards after the catch. <laughs> yes, that is a fun stat. Well, I think they need to they need to add a lot more weapons than Nikhil Harry to Justin Fields' wide receiving core. I feel bad for that guy, man. Of course. How could you sit here? If I was Justin Fields and they asked, uh, I, I've watched some of his press conference and they say, how good you think you're going to be this year? He says, uh, we haven't even, I haven't really, I don't know. We haven't even really practiced with pads on. Oh, so how would I know? I mean, <laughs> and he says, I, I think we're going to be good. But what do you expect the kid to say? That they screwed me and they put me in a situation to yeah. fail? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> a front office that is stuck in the past. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're uh, they're the number one pick this year. Possibly. I mean, they could be. They're not drafting a quarterback. I'm probably I, I probably think either of them or the Seahawks will be the number they're one. They're not going to draft a quarterback. No, because no, Justin Fields is there, and they they traded. Oh, they don't even have their pick this year, do they? Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, they yeah. just didn't have it last year from the Jets. Right. No. So, so the, if they're the number one pick, I say they either trade out of that pick and try to get as much as they can for for Young, or or they draft a big time, uh, you know, a playmaker if right. there's a wide receiver. I yeah. would trade down and just get the best wide receiver in the in the draft. Mm. That's what I would do. I mean, because you're not going to you're not drafting Bryce Young. I mean, not after drafting Justin Fields and giving away all the all the draft stock that you did. So, so interesting what's going to happen this season. It, it, I just I can't see the Bears winning. I I think uh, 
Carolina is an interesting team too because if Baker wins the job and the way, if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, that's a pretty good team. They the only thing is with the NFC South, their schedule is brutal. They got to play the NFC West and the AFC North, so that's going to be really hard. That's why I don't think the Saints will make the playoffs either. It's the same kind of reason. That's why I'm thinking kind of Arizona, Minnesota wild cards right now. It's so it's so interesting. Football is so interesting. But uh, uh, to finish up with the Patrick Kane thing, it's. I think Patrick Kane. I we've been here in the Rangers. I heard, um, I heard the Predators are another team that's interested in Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg is another team interested in him. Boston, I've heard, you know, being being talked about as another team that could be a landing spot for Patrick. I haven't heard the Islanders, which is crazy. <laughs> it also just got reported today by Elliot Friedman was the Stanley Cup champions. Colorado's now in the market for him, too. And, and then Ryan McDonough was obviously traded yep. for, to um, Nashville, yep. Nashville, which was interesting. I was very surprised hearing that. Ryan McDonough has been one of their, you know, uh, their their backbones of their defense over the last couple of years of the championships. And then now they're parting ways with Ryan McDonough. So this might be the, uh, the ending of the, the Tampa Bay reign. Yeah. It's interesting though, from Nashville's perspective, how many, how many times did they used to develop such good defensemen? Well, now all of a sudden they're trading for all these veteran defensemen. They just traded for PK Subban mm-hmm. and he didn't work there. They've li- now they're starting to like recycle all these other defensemen. I know they got some good ones from the devils too in the, when they traded Subban again, but they, still it's weird. Like, cause I, that and goaltenders, they were always developing their strength. And now all of a sudden they're having trouble with a lot of the young kids they have on the roster. Malkin resigns with the pens. Wow. I didn't, Oh, they did. Okay, because it said he four years, twenty four million. Wow! Wow! Okay, because wow. what I was reading yesterday was he was so frustrated with them, and they were like on a sour ending. So that is shocking that they that they got it to, got it going again. Because they Bergeron the, and Krychek is returning to yeah. Boston. Uh, it seemed like the way that the way the Bergeron rumors were going, it looked like and David Krejci, yes, first time Krejci. He, that's yeah, what I meant. he played in the Czech Republic last year. Now, now he's now he's finally back, and that was. Something that could have been inevitable. Malkin, though, I'm shocked with because it seems like all signs are pointing to him being leaving Pittsburgh. It took a, a very little money to go back there. I mean, I think uh, the problem was the years because he he wanted he wanted four years, but it, it, or he wanted more. I think he wanted five years, but the Penguins weren't going to give that to him. The Penguins the were trying to Malkin give him a two-year that, deal. I'm surprised the Islanders didn't jump in and try to get him. I mean, I, that's, I, that's cheap. The Penguins, the Penguins only wanted to give him a two-year deal, so it seemed like he was going to be gone. <laughs> Carl says, so where does King go? You know, it's so interesting because he would be a perfect fit with the Islanders. He yes. really would. I mean, he's the winger that they need. I, I mean, the Islanders are so easy. They're, they're so open to give away first-round draft picks, especially Lou Lamorello. I mean – Chicago would probably take two first rounders and and trade them away. I, I right. just, I, I I don't understand. Uh, what is Goudreau to the Devils? Is that true? I, I don't know if they have enough money for that kind of thing because Goudreau's gonna Goudreau's gonna want a Panarin like contract. So they just spent money on Dougie Hamilton. They're still taking on the remainder of PK Subban's contract as well. I think they're still paying Wayne Simmons too, which that won't help. Uh, they might have some left, but I, I can't imagine they have. Uh, I can't imagine they have a lot of salary cap to be able to not. Well, they're saying because he's a New Jersey, you know, native. Okay, that's so what you're, they're thinking. Maybe they take a pay. He takes a pay cut to go there. Yeah, but they were also saying it, it's right now the three team, the three teams that are really going after Goudreau are the Philadelphia Flyers, the Makes Islanders, sense. 
and the Devils. Okay, yeah. The Flyers make sense. They love to spend money, but I, they have a lot of I mean, money that's, invested in the wingers. I, supposedly, what I hear, that was the guy that the Islanders were gunning for from the beginning. It wasn't even. I was very surprised when Philip Forsberg got that eight-year deal, which I think was ridiculous, yeah, uh, a ridiculous deal. That was another one I was surprised at. So. Um, as soon as I saw that, I, I, you were hearing that Gujo was the guy, and then I've heard that also JT Miller was another guy that they were very interested in at the draft. But it looks like Gujo's the guy that the Islanders are gunning for. I don't know if the Islanders are going to have enough to get him, and because um, they're going to be teams that could give him more money and more years than the Islanders can. So yeah. yes, Ben, that was the report came to the avalanche possibly really? that Elliot, Elliot Friedman reported today. To, what are they going to trade for? They're, they're probably some of their younger, like third line. You got to give away contract. Cause he's, he's highly paid for the last year. Yeah. I, I would imagine cause the Cadre's a free agent. So they're going to get some money off from there. Cause he was making, I think $5 million. So Cadre is a free agent. He's a free agent. Yeah. Awesome. That's a guy. The Islanders should look at. Yeah, they should. And, and I, if I'm the Rangers, I would look at that too. If they can't, Resign their guys too because he's a guy that is a good face-off guy that'll definitely help that. Uh, <laughs> Jeff says Cadre to Islanders five years. I haven't heard four million. I haven't heard. I, I, I'm sure these are just joking rumors at this point. Maybe he's telling the truth. Who knows? I, I, don't I, know. I, I, I haven't heard anything connected with the Islanders, but it, it doesn't hurt for them to get a guy that was so, so good in the playoffs last year. I expect the Islanders to make a move for another offensive weapon. I just yeah. don't know who they're going to get, and every everything is leaning towards Johnny Goudreau. Right. That's the guy that they want. Also, they're interested in Uyghur. Uyghur? Is that Mackenzie Weger from the he's a defenseman from Florida. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing right now. He's so great. I'm reading so. it right here. Wow, okay, that's interesting. He's a great defenseman. So uh, I would say he's probably top 10-15 in the league. The question is are they going to want to spend what they need to spend in order to give the I don't know. This is uh, this is another name that is popping up on the um, you know, Rumorville, where the Islanders are looking for, you know, and I, I understand what the Islanders are doing. That's why they made the trade for the for young defenseman. Yes, is they want to bring in a young veteran defenseman to play with Dobson. They want they want the elite defensive, you know, elite defensive team, and then build around the offense that they have. That's what they they're building on. That's what the Devils did over the years, and that's what I think Lamborella is trying to do and have a good goaltender, which they have two of them. So but. that'd be insane, though. Uyghur with Pulak and Pelic and Dobson. That top four is the best probably I've ever seen. If you're, if you're in my time watching hockey, that's at least. what they're saying. That yeah. would be insane. I don't know. I don't know how realistic it is, but that would... I, all it's saying right here is uh, that the Islanders are interested in Uyghur. That's what that's what it's saying right here. And uh, also, the Islanders will be in on Goudreau, which we know. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, how much are they willing to pay him? Right. And they have to pay Dobson, too. They're going to have to give him a lot because unless some, for some reason he takes a pay cut to stay local, which I doubt he'll do because he's coming off a 115-point season. So he's going to want a Panarin-like contract. Now, his problem throughout his career has been he's had trouble staying healthy in certain years. So that might hinder him from getting the 12 and a half that Panarin got. But the way he played last year, he's well deserving of that. And he fits like a glove with Barzal with his speed. So I think I, I don't understand why the Islanders aren't in with uh, Kane. But yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's I'm sure there are teams, veteran teams that are looking to bring in a player that can help them take it to the next level, take them to the next level. Uh, Errol is reading Josh's <laughs> Twitter feed. Well, Josh isn't an Islander fan, so I'm not reading that. Uh, uh, Carl, Carl, I just want to go back to your other comment. I was I was blasting the Blackhawks all of the draft. Well, this nights. is NHL rumors. It says it right over here. Uh, um, all the rumors right here with 
uh, people writing at Goudreau. Uh, the Islanders are interested in Uyghur. Mm-hmm. Uh, Euler, also, uh, Evander Kane is another guy that the Islanders mm-hmm. are interested in. Yeah, so. that's interesting. Now, again, that I wouldn't really bring help. him in. That does, yeah, I was going to say that doesn't help necessarily from the team speed perspective, but no. definitely a spark for the Oilers. But it seems like Goudreau is the guy. I'm very surprised Calgary hasn't re-signed him yet. And I, no, I, he's I, testing the, the market. The longer that they wait, the longer that this goes on, I don't think he's going no, back to Calgary. No, the free agency market officially opens tomorrow, so he looks like he's going to test the market. And he might get more money somewhere else the way it's happening right now because he's going to want that kind of top five type money for a forward. And I think the Flames, are, may, they might be in position to I get I don't think him. the Devils have the money to get him. I, that's what I said, too. That's why I said, I'm surprised you brought that up. But uh, then again, you also brought up the Flyers. I don't know if they have the money to give. Have... I'm just telling you what the name the three the, the teams names, that are yeah. mostly interested uh-huh. in them. Well, it makes sense. But the Flyers love to spend money on wingers. Everything that I've reason. read, if the Islanders are the lead team to get him, if if he does go to free agency and it is open. And, yeah. and I expect him to get I signed pretty quick. So... Uh, the free agency market op- opens tomorrow. I expect him to be signed in the next 48 to 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the biggest name on the, the free agency market. And most people believe that uh, he's not going to resign with the Calgary Flames, which is very surprising. Mm-hmm. Very. If a guy that's been a steady franchise guy. Now, obviously, they haven't won year to year with him. They've been a very streaky team. Say the Islanders get Goudreau. Does this take them to that next level? Are they yes. the... Are they the are they the way all? Uh, do people take them to be the favorites of winning the Stanley Cup? This I don't year? know, but I, I don't know about the favorites. I would say they're definitely one of the top three, though. They'll, they'll probably still say Carolina, talent wise, and maybe Tampa. But in terms of inter- the Islanders, I would say they get that boost if they could bounce back to what they were, and now they're younger and faster. I would I would favor them over the Lightning if the Lightning lose more pieces too. Mm. It just depends. But I think that's a perfect fit if they do somehow make it. It just depends on if they can get back to the 2019 form of what the Islanders were. Because even the, even the season after that, they were still kind of a strugglesome regular season team. So they haven't really taken that next yeah, step and there. Jeff says the Islanders will get nobody. Uh, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> you know what's so funny about Jeff? He, he'll take shots at any New York team. Any New York team, especially that I root for. Even though I, I take shots at my own teams. He'll take shots at any of them. But any of his Boston teams, if they're winning... Or this or that, they're they're perfect. They're great. This player, that player, uh, you know. I brought up. I, I give. I I give. You know, some kind of take on Donovan Mitchell, and he he shoots it down. And that's why I think it'll be so funny that Donovan Mitchell gets traded to the Celtics. Because then I'll tell him I told him so. Because he, the problem with him is he always thinks that he knows everything. Uh, Carl says, the Orioles it, win again. What if a front office messes up which game they go after? Ha! It's funny. I actually was just last weekend, I was actually talking to my cousin about that. Why don't the you, br- uh, by the way, Jeff, you say you, you crap on Michigan as much as you do with New York. How about crap on your own teams? Your teams are not perfect. All right? You, you, and you say, uh, you do, you do, you do. No, you don't. You don't do a lot of it. You say one or two things and you go off the subject and never talk about it again. Okay? Carl, I just want to mention because I was talking with my cousin. I was I brought up the Browns in 2011 draft debacle of drafting Jordan Cameron instead of Cameron Jordan. So you could have had a potentially Hall of Fame 100 hundred sack pass rusher. Instead, you draft Jordan Cameron, who does nothing for you at the tight end position. So yeah, maybe, the, maybe there is an NHL front office that'll end up doing that. And then going back to your DeBrinket comment, I couldn't believe what the Blackhawks were doing on that draft night. It I'm by the way very happy for the Baltimore Orioles. I am because. 
to me, uh, I I love that they're they have fight. Are they going to make the playoffs? It would be a fantastic with with that division the way it is. It would be fantastic to watch. People are going to be making a lot of money off the odds they had at the beginning of the season. They're supposed to probably be either the worst or the second worst team in the American. They have League. a lot of nice young players. They do. They really do. But nobody expects them to have this much pitching like they do too. Uh, two young pitchers that are very nice. They rebirthed Jordan Lyles, who was a former like top five pick. Call up our boy Vessi, and he's been unbelievable. Yeah, he's been very good. Uh huh. They have a lot of they have a lot of guys just from other trades too that people didn't think were high level prospects either from the Machado trade they made one with the Yankees too uh, for for Dylan Tate and I don't know if he's had a great role but he has a steady role in that bullpen and the young pitching that they have is, is a lot better than expected they still have some good hitting a lot of good outfielders too and they're not going to have to trade those guys off because they're overperforming they're probably going to maybe just stand pat I don't think they're going to aggressively buy but they're not going to be trading those guys off like we originally thought maybe a month ago it, it's fun to watch and then, and you you like to see teams like this to like really figure things out and i think they're on a nine game winning streak now mm-hmm. they just swept like... the angels they they i think they Took two out of three or something, mm-hmm. uh, the series before that. Eight wins in a row in total, and if Carl just said they won tonight, that makes it nine. So they've really done it. They've they've been pesky in their division too. They've done well against the Rays. They've done well in certain instances at the beginning of the season against the Yankees. So they're they're hanging tough for a team in that division that was supposed to be like. They were supposed to maybe have 60 wins at the end of the season, almost have almost have 60 now, and probably will in about a month or two. Well, and that's what makes baseball so interesting, and that's why there's so much baseball left, and anything could happen. It really could. So I'm intrigued of what happens after the All-Star break, especially in the Yankees division, in such a dominant division the way it is mm-hmm. and the way it's set up. And, you know, listen, the Yankees lost three games in a row. Am I happy that they lost against Cincinnati? Uh, no, I mean I, I can't sit here and say that uh, the Yankees have looked good over the last couple last couple of days, but it's so early, and I, I don't expect it. Being sixty one and twenty six is not uh, something that you just oh my god uh, we're we're losers. They're fourteen games over the second place team. Fourteen games. I would say you probably rather have that than having to do it against a uh, a better team too. Like it might just be one of those we took them for granted type things in the ninth inning for Clay Holmes, and then he'll they'll be dominant for like twenty straight outings now after that. And uh, listen, you're gonna have a bad game. You yeah. just got to go out there and play. You know, play better. That's that's the Yankees have not looked good the last three games. Yes, Georgia, another team that won a title without winning. Their conference. <laughs> yes, that is technically true. No, I, I college football is right around the corner too. I mean, there's so much stuff going on with sports, and we, we talk about what because this is the time of the year that you're trying to figure out. And football's around the corner. Hockey's going to start early this year because it was a late season. So we have hockey in like a month and a half. So everything's going to start all at once. Yeah, this is the shorter st- off season for hockey because they started the season late. And the so, NBA, they yeah. have uh, the. What do they have, those uh, summer league? Yeah, I think that's finishing soon or something like that. Oh, Jeff right at the end of the show. Why am I not surprised? What's going on, Jeff? Is that really Carl talking trash about Georgia? What is Is he saying now? Is that that really Carl talking trash about, oh, another national champion, but they couldn't win their their conference. Uh, Dude. You scored 11 points against their third teamers. That's what you did. You scored 11 points. It was so bad. Georgia had their third stringers in, 
by halftime. It was a bloodbath. <laughs> and you want to talk about, oh, they didn't win their conference. Their conference is so good, they cannot win their conference and still win a national championship. You won your conference and then got body bagged. <laughs> Absolutely body annihilated. It wasn't Georgia just scored again. <laughs> they just scored again. Body bags his favorite banana lands. I mean, no, I think body bags take it over. I haven't heard banana land for a while. I used no, he brought it back like two weeks ago, but no, body bagged is his new favorite now, you know, especially when it came to the Celtics. Michigan scored three points against their stars, they kicked a field goal, and you're knocking Georgia somehow. You scored three points. Dude, you were giving up touchdown passes to their running backs. Mm. Their running backs were throwing touchdowns. Georgia's running backs had more touchdown passes than Michigan quarterbacks. Mm. How is it? And and somehow, and, and this is what's wrong with these Michigan people. These Michigan people, they come off so superior, not realizing you got murdered. Like... What is going on in this world, bro? Carl says, doesn't matter, Jeff. They have two SEC titles in 10 years, and this isn't a Michigan versus Georgia debate. Just get off Georgia's nuts. I've got, I've got some interesting news. Le'Veon Bell says he's shifting his focus for boxing. Won't play in the NFL this season. All right, Sean Merriman, you're up. <laughs> oh, man, Le'Veon Bell. What a laughing job. How how funny is that? Le'Veon Bell, who at one point was a Hall of Famer, was going was going down as one of the elite running backs of our era. He he's he gets hurt one year, then sits out another season, yeah. two years, then he gets he goes to the Jets, completely was a bust, and then was jumping ship from one place to the other. What a joke! <laughs> Taking a shot to Andy Reid on the way. And now out. he's now he's going to box. How wonderful! Uh, and who's this? What? A, uh, he's going to fight Adrian Peterson at the Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles on July 30th. <laughs> How wonderful. Him and Adrian Peterson. What a joke. <laughs> Adrian Peterson at least is a Hall of Famer. Oh, of course. Easily. I, I mean, Adrian Peterson, he could do whatever he wants now. He's going down as one of the greatest running backs of our time. He still I mean, played last year and uh, did well against the Rams that one game. But uh, to me, I, I don't know what Le'Veon Bell is trying to prove here. I, I don't know, but uh, I guess uh, being a professional whatever boxer is more important than playing football. Also, another story, LeBron critically critical of the U.S. efforts for the whole Griner situation, uh, which... I respect that LeBron James has become very political in his own way, which I understand he's very liberal and I don't want to get into politics. But LeBron James needs to concentrate on himself, his family, and everything else going on. This is not right what's going on with Brittany Griner. I understand. I understand that he doesn't like the United States isn't getting involved right now with the Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner is not going to go 10 years in in a Russian jail. I promise you that. One way or another, the United States will find find a way to pardon her and get her out of there. But right now, with everything that's going on in in Russia, even some of these Russian hockey players might not be able to fly back right away. Now, I I heard Josh was telling me that uh, there was some story that uh, Lou Lamorello is worried that Sorokin is not going to come back here. That's not what I read. I I, I read. That uh, everyone should be everyone should be worried about that. Did you see what they did to the Flyers goalie? 
No, I didn't see that. No. The the Flyers goalie was getting ready to come back here. They kidnapped him, drugged him, involuntarily signed him up for the war and sent him to Ukraine. Oh my god. Go ahead and look that one up if you think I'm lying. No, I believe you. That's disgusting. So everybody should be worried about, is my guy going to come back or not? (laughs) Wow. Carl says, Josh sources are rock solid. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's so funny when when Josh calls me up when he's driving home from work or, you know, every other day or something like that. He's so funny. He gets so angry when somebody like, for instance, uh, CJ Desimone did his show uh, the other day and he was talking about the Zach Wilson thing. He says, are you going to talk about the Zach Wilson thing? When I was like, I, I guess I'll talk five minutes about it. I mean, is it a big story? That's really all they did. Yeah. I, I mean, who cares? There you go, Speedy. Look him up. His name is Ivan Fedotov. Kidnapped, drugged, involuntarily signed up for the, the war and they shipped him out. Wow, that is scary. Well, so everyone should be worried. Like the only dude that shouldn't be worried is Ovechkin because he's probably too famous in Russia to have this happen. But all these other dudes, they should be worried. And a lot of these guys didn't go home with their uh, their visa, their their uh, the work visas. A lot of them left them in America. Which now, if you don't have it. it they have every reason not to let you get back on the plane and come back to the United States. That's another thing that I've read. So a lot of these players are stupid. And first of all, and I, I'll give Sisterkin a little bit of credit because he, as soon as this start thing the season was over, when they asked him, are you going back to Russia in the offseason? He says, hell no, I'm not. You know what I mean? So he knew that he, he was one of the smarter ones that said, and why Sorokin went home, I don't know. Maybe... He was worried about his family. I don't. I don't know. But it was a stupid move, and uh, it might cost him if if he, if he can't come home. You know, he might lose a lot of money. You know, and being that Sorokin is not a young man. I mean, he's young, but he's not young. He came into the league as a, a veteran, a veteran player. I think last year he was twenty six. This year he's going to be twenty seven. I mean, he's in the prime of his career. So, I, I mean, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand everything that's going on in this world and, you know, with all the politics going on and all the craziness going on. I, I Again, LeBron James getting involved and putting his nose into something he shouldn't be putting his nose into. I understand he's trying to protect one of the female players and everything. I think the United States will find a way to get Griner out of there. They they couldn't do anything after they, she she went she what did she uh, said guilty right? Yeah, it, she was guilty of some drug charges or something. Like she that. was yeah. bringing uh, liquid weed yeah, uh, over to the border, which I right. I don't understand how that's a ten year you know no. thing, but I guess because of everything that's going on and they hate you know, U S people, yeah. uh, they're going to try to you know politically prove that you know try show everybody that if you do this you're going to jail but 10 years i i i can't see i i could she's been in jail for what 140 days or something like that it's a long time yeah i think since like march 16th or something <clears throat> she's been there a long time yeah. but uh i think it, you know with with everything that's going on once once she gets sentenced I think they'll find a way to get her out. I really do believe it. It's depressing. It is. We should we should get back to talking about fun stuff, right? Yeah. What's like, that? here's a fun here's Here a go. fun stat for you. We have 51 days, 23 hours, 52 minutes, and 24 seconds 
before Michigan starts another losing season. <laughs> uh, Snug says weed should never be a crime. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> I mean, but it is in some countries, though. It is. And, like, this is, like, look, look do, do I want Brittany Griner to come home? Yeah, yes. Of course. Is it terrible what's happening to her? Yes. Sure. But let's be honest about this, and this is going to be real unpopular for me to say. People are going to crap on me. Guess what? You don't want this to happen? Don't take drugs to other countries. She didn't deny it was hers. Everyone's saying it was hers. But because it's legal here, you think it's legal other places? How about doing a little research about the countries you're going to and their laws? You know, if she had taken it into the Philippines, do you know what the punishment is for that hash oil in the Philippines? Death. Death. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Duterte, Duterte don't mess around, right? So she's lucky she's in Russia. But I don't know. As Americans, can we not just assume that every other country is like ours and has our laws? And what you know, she shouldn't have brought it there. Yeah. That being said, she should be brought home. Yes, and I, I think one way or another they'll figure it out. But uh, they have to wait until she gets sentenced. And from the sentence, I'm sure the United States, because the United States have promised you know Russian people that are in jail that they'll send them back for for uh, you know a flop, you know a switch. But we'll see what happens. I have a, I have a question for Speedy, if I can. Speedy, hmm. how many yards do you think Chris Stroud will throw for against Michigan? Four hundred, four fifty. I'll go three forty-two. Three forty-two. I say five twenty-three. Five twenty-three. Wow. Five. He's going to throw for five hundred yards and six touchdowns. <laughs> Four of them to Jackson Smith and Jigba. That kid's going to be nice, Tom. It's going to be awesome. I'm just going to be dancing on Carl's grave the whole time. <laughs> oh, man. You're so mean to Carl. but uh... I'm, not, I'm not mean to Carl. This is a reality. This is what the Michigan people do. He took a shot at Georgia and was like, oh, how can you win? You didn't win your class. Dude, you kicked a field goal against Georgia. That's what you did. You kicked a field goal. You don't deserve anything. Go home. What would you have said if, if Michigan beat Georgia? It was never going to happen. But if they did, if they did, if they did, would you have what been if surprised? Did? If they I'd did, been, oh, I'm surprised, I would have had a heart attack and died. <laughs> so, it's not even it's not even close when 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 a team like that. Like, listen, here's the reality of the whole thing. Was I on Georgia the whole year? Sure. Can I can I gloat because I was. It's fun. Absolutely. Okay? But, but, here, but here's the reality of the situation. If you're a one-dimensional team playing the best defense college football might have ever seen, mm-hmm. you're not doing anything. And the, the fact of the matter is they were a marginally good running team, and they could not throw the football. Carl says no one is comparing the two. What do you mean no one compared him? Is he not the one that was shitting on Georgia? Oh, they didn't even win their conference. Oh, ho, ho. Like – like somehow Michigan's superior, get out of here. You kicked a field goal. I can't wait until the college season starts. It'll be interesting. It's going to be great. I love it. I know you love I've, it. I've, I've narrowed down my choices to two teams this year. <laughs> well, I will say this. Um, our Moneyline Mania for our, our weekend show, they are dead on. So if you like picking right now, Jeff, I know you like betting. You have to listen to that segment. Watch, Listen to the, you know, the, the replays of the show on our app. Uh, these guys are dead on with their picks, dead on, especially in the Canadian Football League. I do, my, I do all right myself there, Rabbit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you do. Well, 
I guess I'm a rabbit. I guess you're the pig, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I got it down to two, and I think I got two pretty good, pretty strong choices. Really? I think so, yeah. I think I got it down to two. And I'll tell you what, I'm not even – well, I guess one of them kind of is. One of them, my dark horse, is from the SEC, but the one I think will probably win this year, not an SEC team. Who is that? Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were my pick Very last. Sh- they were my pick last year, but once they lost to Oregon, I saw some flaws in them. <clears throat> Very strong team this yeah. year. Very strong team. Hmm. You know, lots of question marks with lots of other teams. I liked Georgia last year, but lots of question marks. They had one of their best receivers transfer to Alabama. Hmm. Who's that? Uh, I forget the kid's name, but, but he was he was there last year. He was a pretty good receiver, but he transferred to Alabama. Um, George's lost Jermaine a lot Burton, of defense. Yeah. Jermaine Burton. Yeah, Jermaine. There you go, Jermaine Burton. But they they have they lost a lot on defense. Carl says OSU Not, will be unreal. OSU is going to be very strong, very strong. I also like Texas A and M. I'm still I'm still liking Texas A and M. Well, they got the money, and they, they got had, a quarterback. They, had, they yeah, they had a lot. They had a very good transfer year. Very good transfer year. Mm. They picked up a lot of dudes. Could help them in a lot of ways. That's they why. have a tough schedule, though. Money talks, my friend. Money talks. Well, you know, listen, it does. But at the end of the day, it's not like other teams aren't paying people. Did you see the Miami quarterback got $9.5 No, I didn't see that. No, yeah, you were discussing that a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I would love to see what Archie got. <laughs> oh, dude, he's going to break the bank if that kid got nine and a half million. Archie, you know? I, there's, there's only one reason why he went to Texas. I, I can't see the reason. You know, he could have went to Georgia, LSU, Alabama. He decides to go to Texas. <laughs> he actually couldn't have gone to Alabama. Oh, that's right. They got the other quarterback. But... They, yeah, they, they, they took that other kid first. So Alabama was kind of like, we want you. And then he was kind of screwing around. He's like, screw it. We're not waiting. We took this other kid. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, which is a luxury one of the best programs in the country has. You know? Oregon, hey, well, Oregon must have paid Buku bucks for more. That's what uh, Carl says. I mean, they, they have it to spend. A lot of schools have it, though. It's not just one. It's not just one school or something. There's a lot of them. I mean, did you think Miami, who had nine and a half million, no. to give the one kid? What a if you're a if you're a young football high school kid uh, with these players making money like that, you you must be you must be glowing with the money dollar signs on your, you know, in your mind when you're a high school kid. That now you can go to football teams in college and make millions of dollars before you even step on an NFL field if you even. Play NFL football. It's crazy. Uh, Snug says Arch Manning got eighty-seven million and a date with Zach's mom. (laughs) Yeah, this Zach Wilson thing is wild, huh? You must be pumped, Daryl. This is the first time any Jet had scored over forty in a long time, right? (laughs) You're an idiot. I think it's funny. I think it's stupid, but whatever. I sent I sent you the text. I thought you should put it on a T-shirt, dude. I knew about it before you sent it. I I saw you sent it to me. I thought it was. I just think it's a funny story, and she. I think it's a fake story. I think it's his girlfriend just making up something to try to make it look like it was okay for her to jump ship and go and uh, date his best friend and his his roommate from BYU. I I think that was. It doesn't make any sense because Dax Milne is making no money. Yeah, I know. I know. 
and Zach Wilson makes all the money. So I why don't. would she do that? I don't know. Unless he's got a little unit. I don't know. But I, I don't know if I believe that story when she brought it up. I, I just – Zach, every time they've asked it at the press conference, he said – he says, false story. That's what he says. So I mean, but did, would you expect him to confirm it? Though? Why like, not? Why not? If I if I'm a player, I'm gonna say, yeah, I did that. Who cares? Because because there's other relationships there at stake, though, right? Because there's the relationship of the friend with the mom, and what what's that like? You know, it could be it could be a lot more there than just him and his girlfriend. You know? Yeah. Maybe 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 she's married. He doesn't want to break up a marriage. You know, like there's other things that play there. We don't know who this mom is. I think we need a picture. I think I want to look it up, but uh, maybe we'll do that for Thursday. Jeff, thank you for calling, bud. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Again, Michigan sucks. Jeff from Tampa, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you to Connor Allen from Football Sports Betting, uh, manager. Fantastic guy. Really was a great interview. He really gave us the time, too. And also, uh, for all the time that he gave us, uh, f- pro football focus and Sirius XM Fantasy football radio show host, Brian Drake. The longest us. we ever had a guest on. <laughs> yes, and he, he loves us, and he loves coming on with us. And mm-hmm. I think he liked my take with everything going oh, on yeah. in the uh, radio world, which uh, I feel is just – I don't think people understand how stressed I am with the industry the way it is. And, um, you know, for the the time and the the – the respect I have for the industry for what it is, I, I think it's a joke on, you know, going from one place to another and one organization to another nationally and trying to explain myself to them and, and telling them when I send clips to be different or, or be str- not different, be just straightforward. Remember when I told you to change this and change that, Speedy? We were sending clips to these guys and they told me not to be myself. Uh, when you get your opportunity to go national, then. You know, I, I don't. I don't understand that. I, I don't, and it's very frustrating to me because, um, for for everything that I've done in this industry from top to bottom, and 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 what I've changed in this industry as a personality, I think um, I've done. I've given more than enough time and love and passion for this business to get where I want to go in the industry. So, I I don't understand it, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he, Brian says, he says, when, when the opportunity comes and you get a, your, you get an opportunity, I know you're going to win with it. So it's just, I, I'm just, I'm frustrated. Um, what is Snug saying? Thank you. Thank you to Jesus, the devil and Zach's mom. Thanks to woodland creatures staying in the woods and not ruining the show. <laughs> Thank you to Anchorage man and Gerard giving us hope. And then Carl says, I always feel like Jeff applied to Michigan and got rejected. Uh when are we going to get Gerard back on? I, I asked him today, but he couldn't do it today. He's He was traveling back from somewhere. Mm. Well, Gerard, Mark, everything. Uh, Car- ben says, Carl Falk, lucky for him. That that would be terrible choice of school to attend. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, we'll be back on Thursday as always. Thank you to our guests. You were fantastic. Uh, thank you to the fans that support what we do and every single Tuesdays and Thursdays and even on the weekend crunch on the weekends. We, we, we put a lot of time into our content. We make sure that this show is the voice of sports radio and for the fans because they deserve a voice. It's not just us. We really, uh, uh, we really respect all the fans that are dedicated to our show and have fun with us. 
every single Tuesdays and Thursdays. Our, our show will be moving to 7 to 10 um, in August. I think uh, the first week or second week of August, we're going to be moving it to 7 to 10 every th- Tuesdays and Thursdays. So some of the younger guys and younger kids could actually tune in. I've, I've had many parents tell me that the, the kids would be interested in listening and, and being a part of the show. But... It's nine o'clock to twelve, and they got a, they got school after the summer. So and Carl is a teacher; can yeah. listen to the whole show too. Yeah, so I, I'd rather you know the fans get a chance to listen to us, and it's not going on to midnight. So uh, uh, in August, uh, we will be moving the show seven to ten. So excited about that! So uh, it gives all the fans the opportunity to listen to us and hear us out uh, at a normal radio time. So very very happy about that. Um, we'll be back Thursday. Uh, tune in as always. Until Thursday, this is me and Speedy saying good night. We'll talk to you then. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.